Podmortem would like to thank Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. Original Cinematic is a production company that has made it their mission to create, produce, and promote films that are inclusive, honor women, promote the LGBTQIA community, and provide prominent positions and roles to POC actors and filmmakers, and promote the films of marginalized and underrepresented populations. These are all things that are extremely important to our podcast as well. Original Cinematic is proud to be a WGA signatory company, and they fully stand by the WGA and its members in their fight for extremely reasonable standards. Accordingly, they are not accepting scripts or treatment submissions at this time, but both William and Zena Rush are available via email free of charge to discuss writing and provide input and resources to all aspiring writers. Their information will be made available in the show notes. Ahead of the strike, William Rush has individually produced numerous projects, including Coffee with Baba, Day by Day, They Slay, Before, Pack is Here, Abiquiu, The Winemaker, and Where Do You Draw the Line? Two feature films, Group and Immersion, are slated for release this fall. Absolutely no picket lines will be crossed and no collective bargaining agreements will be violated in the making of either of these films. And very generously, Original Cinematic is providing all Podmortem patrons with a special link to view these films. If arrangements can be made, they will even schedule virtual or in-person screening for our patrons. We cannot thank Original Cinematic enough for their contribution to our show and the horror community as a whole. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. Salutations! Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Travis Hunter, joined as always by my co-host, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Hi, I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. This week, we're broadcasting live from the Unita Medical Supply Warehouse, discussing the 1985 comedy horror film, The Return of the Living Dead. This film was directed by Dan O'Bannon, with a screenplay by O'Bannon from a story by Rudy Ricci, John A. Russo, and Russell Striner. After parting ways with George A. Romero... Russo sought to continue his own Living Dead series in his own way. With O'Bannon's injection of humor, dark comedy, and punk subculture into the script, this film ventures far away from its predecessor and becomes something new entirely. With a committed cast, impressive makeup effects, a nihilistic tone, and memorable set pieces, The Return of the Living Dead would become a financial and critical success, achieve cult status, and would be followed by four sequels. This film was suggested to us by friends of the show, Collect Horror, Rob D, Lala Thomas, Hello Horror Podcast, Bobby Joe, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Daniel L, Mariah Jensen, and Morgan Ian Art on Instagram. We want to thank each of them for their continued support as well as this suggestion. So, The Return of the Living Dead. What were your first impressions on the film? So surprisingly enough, this was the very first time I've seen this movie. That surprises me a lot. I think I skip them. Like I seen Night of the <laughs> Living Dead, then I skip this. I seen Day of the Dead, and then I skip Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> then like I don't know what it is, but it's like every other one I've seen. Uh, this one was a fucking treat. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad that this movie is the way it is. Um, there's some things that show. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's a, 
you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes it special. And these are exactly the movies that I enjoy watching. Turn your brain off and just have a good fucking time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and surprisingly, there was some stuff that like, uh, you know, doing background and research and stuff for the movie. I was like, okay, you know, seeing what went into it or whatever. Um, but I had a, I, I had a lot of fun watching this and reviewing it for the show. And um, there is some things in here that uh, uh, I, there was a couple of times I was like, mm, come on now. You know what I mean? Bring it back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think that a lot of the good outweighed any of those times. Okay. <laughs> It's funny to me because I I thought that you would not have that opinion at all. I thought you'd be like, no, more, more, please. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, there's just, and I know we'll get into it a little, here in a little bit, but there's just certain things that they do or that the zombies do in the uh-huh. movie that I'm just like, mm, all right, I guess, mm-hmm. I guess. But I mean, it does, I guess it does fit with the movie and it, it goes, it all is hand in hand. So I can't even be too mad at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you a lot. Um, <laughs> when I was watching it, I texted him and I was like, you're going to fucking, <laughs> you're really going to love this one. I didn't know that it was a comedy. No, neither did I. I didn't know it until I was watching it. Neither yeah. did I. And that's wild. <laughs> Something happened and I was like, hold on. <laughs> hold on. This is a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. And like you said, <laughs> there were <moments laughs> where not only what the zombies are capable of doing, <laughs> but how, why they're doing it and yeah. how they do it. Like... I'm like, y'all are, you're fucking, you're pushing it. <laughs> but they always knew when to bring it back. Yeah. yeah. Like for as silly as a lot of this is, there is a bleakness to it. There is a, there is danger. Like it's not just people running around Scooby-Doo. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, not that they were never in danger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're always in danger. I worry about them all the time. But yes. this is um, fun bleak. It's fun danger. Yeah, it, it's, enjoy, it's a enjoying mix. yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. a mix. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I had a, I had a. I was like, thank you, baby. I had a really good time. <laughs> That's I, I really, really did. And I, I thought that this was going to be, you know, not more of the same, but like you think. Of the Living Dead, you hear that and you're like, "Oh, I know, you know, I mm-hmm. know what this is gonna be." Mm-hmm. But I did not know what this was gonna be. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> was, I had a blast. It was a lot of fun. I see why. Whenever I talk to people who love this movie, they love this movie, mm-hmm. and I get it. Like, I, I, it's like I get it now. I understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I saw this film for the first time last year. All right, and watching it, I of course the same boat as Nay had no idea. Mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna get a standard zombie flick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I did not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't know until your sister said something. Yeah, and not like, at all. Right. And the thing for me is that the tone of it, for for me, if you guys were to say, you know, hey, what did you think? You know, we watched it. You're probably not going to like it is what you would think. Absolutely. Yeah. I had a blast watching this movie. <laughs> Good. That's crazy. I feel like, like I said, they know when they're going too far yeah. and that they'll stop. Yes. Like, I, I think that they really walked <laughs> the line kind of perfectly yeah it's it, it they do capture the tone just right yeah and and uh pacing to me mm-hmm. yeah this film is very well paced in the moments of horror and the moments of humor and there's odd like tragedy in this yes. film. yeah like there are moments that i'm like am i sad yeah uh 
along with that, there's also, as we had said at the top, that nihilistic tone. Mm-hmm. They had mentioned the bleakness. There is like potent social commentary. Oh, yes. yeah. And it's kind of surprising because when you get some of the stuff that we see, you're like, oh, it's going to be just a, you know, comedy horror film. Mm-hmm. Turn your brain off, watch it. But then there's stuff that happens at the end that you're like, oh, this my God. Is accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Too accurate. <laughs> Too scary, <Yes>. Carl. <laughs> but, um, it was interesting for me to see the zombies <laughs> behave so differently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as you guys hinted at, um, they are creative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without spoiling anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did have a lot of fun with them. Um, I, I love a lot of the camera work in this film. Yeah. The music is fantastic. The music oh, is yeah. great. I just, and it's funny because there is one moment that does feel a lot like Scooby-Doo because of the music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that. But um, no, I, I had a blast. I was kind of caught off guard by how much I enjoyed this movie. And it's funny you mentioned the music. I was I was showing your sister and I'll show you a little later. The music for this sounds like music that's part of a tiny piece in a movie that is very close to my heart (laughs) okay which is peewee's big adventure really there is a tiny scene where it's just this music but at a slower pace Hmm. and it sounds very scary at the time what's happening Mm -hmm. and i when i was hearing this i was like i know that music i was like whatever then as it kept going throughout the the movie i was like that's gonna fucking bug me (laughs) so then i kept trying to think and i was like that's on peewee's big adventure i said i know where the fuck that is that's and i showed your sister and it sounds pretty close it it sounds very close i wonder if there were influences i i try to see it and it's not i think danny elfman does uh peewee's big adventure Mm -hmm. and he's not on this so I mean, I was like, maybe he was like, you know what? I like the way that sounds. <laughs> Here's Let me just uh, yeah. snatch that. There, and there's an, an interesting like uh, punk rock feel to it. Yeah. yeah. And we got 80s punks. Yes. Yeah. Very exciting. It's like the rebellious younger brother of Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> that's what I told your sister. I love the punk vibe of this. Yeah. Like it's fucking there and you feel it the whole time. Yeah. I did read that a lot of the bands that are featured on this were local bands from California. No and shit. And around the surrounding uh, area of Los Angeles. I love that. That is pretty fantastic. Hell yeah. And it makes sense because the budget was pretty low, so they're like, we can't get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be in a movie? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to talk a little bit about the production. Okay. I read in Fangoria and on Horror Geek Life, this uh, actually started in the 70s, this idea. Oh, shit. After Russo and Romero had their split mm-hmm. and Romero got to go make his sequels with the Of the Dead. Mm-hmm and Russo retained of the living dead. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's another reason why I kind of, you have an idea of what this film's going to be. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. At all. Uh, But he writes a novel that he later turns into a script that he sells. Right. And it's Return of the Living Dead, and it is straight up a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. Okay. And so, as time goes on, some years pass, Mm -hmm. and a certain director becomes attached to the project. Toby Hooper. Yes, sir. Yeah. And this would have been a completely different movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although I have never seen the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I heard is a comedy. It is. It <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very disappointing. Well, it, it does not keep the feel of the first movie. Okay. Whatsoever. And we all love the first um, movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's 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 a very different change of pace. Okay. Well, Toby's not a really take charge guy, so no. obviously <laughs> no, hold on. he didn't right. keep it. <laughs> and you're right. 
he uh, decided to step away because he brought in his friend Dan O'Bannon, mm-hmm. who worked with Carpenter on Dark Star. Okay, and wrote Alien. That is fucking wild. Yeah. Yes. The fact, what were we talking about where we were like, how did this, how did the same person write these? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was identity <laughs> and something else. Oh, well, man. Jack Frost. Yes. Oh, yeah. How did the same person <laughs> write these two things? You are multifaceted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, Dan O'Bannon comes on to rewrite Russo's script. Right. And it takes four months. And in this time, Toby Hooper realizes that he wants to make another script that Dan O'Bannon wrote. And then the producers are like, hey, I don't know why I keep saying Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. <laughs> Full name. Um, nobody knows the script better than you. Yeah. Why don't you direct it? And so O'Bannon had always wanted to be a director, and this became his directorial debut. All right. And it's so interesting, all the stuff that's injected into the script from O'Bannon, because he had said in an interview that he wanted to make sure that it wasn't anything close to Romero at all. Right. Because not only the relationship between Russo and Romero... But Romero was at the time making Day of the Dead. Yeah. And so he's like, they can't even come close in theaters to be the same thing. And they don't. No. no. Um, that's what I had read, too. That that was his stipulation of doing it. Period? Yeah. Was that it needed to be like he needed to have the freedom to make it as different as he wanted to make it. Well, he got it. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he succeeded. It's interesting to me to see all of the zombie firsts so mm. to say in oh, this film yeah. um zombies didn't run before this film no, no. i mean yeah <laughs> and then you look at that. 28 days later yeah yeah or even dawn of the dead 2004 <laughs> which i know you love <laughs> <laughs> which i'm a big fan of. oh yeah finding out all of that uh-huh. like the first stuff here uh, like this was also the first where they were eating brains, which we is wild. Out, yeah, that and, and you always think of that. And I know we talked a little earlier. T, um, when you think of zombies, you you said when you think of zombies, what do you think they eat? Well, brains, because that's all we've ever heard. Yeah. Well, it came from here. Yeah. I was unaware of that. I had no idea that all of that, the running, the the, and uh, <laughs> something the, the, else. Yeah. yeah. The, <laughs> There's one more yeah. thing. The, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <wait. laughs> but it, it is very interesting knowing they came from here. Yeah. Because I would have never knew that, period. And we talked about on Night of the Living Dead, episode 17. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> was um, the removing the head, destroying the brain came from Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. yeah. So now we've got more things that come from the same pair of people. Yeah. It's... um impressive that is they can come up with all these new things that just become canon with everything it kind of bums me out that i feel like the fact that none of us ever knew that that it didn't get its proper credit for the contribution that it's made to the genre yeah honestly because i mean that is like you said what do they eat brains like it's that's what we all know they yeah. did it on the simpsons Trials of horror exactly oh, yeah. <laughs> and when they do it on the simpsons that's it that's it's in the zeitgeist forever you yeah. know and i read on the the wiki page for this that it said that because they came out at the same dead the same day uh-huh. the, what is it the day of the dead i'm yeah. sorry you, you heard me better. <laughs> and this one but they said that this one received better praise Really? That this one beat out and the Day of the Dead, they were like, well, that's why we didn't do good. You know, and it was like, well, that that they were afraid people were going to get confused because of, like you were saying, the yeah. names. But even they said on there that uh, 
even Ebert liked it and that he yeah. hated everything. He gave and it three out of five yeah. stars. He hates. I was floored. Yeah. <laughs> he like kind of does not enjoy horror most of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and honestly, this seems like one of the films to me that would have done incredibly poorly when it was released. You would think. And then the cult grows. Yeah. The cult grew and it did well. No. Yeah. Which is not what I expected. This is just such a weird little movie. <laughs> like, it's a, it's crazy to me. Now, before we eat this film's brains, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, let's rise from the dead. So the film begins with a surprising title card. The events portrayed in this film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. What? Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting that. At all. This is all true. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, is you expect, even if it, this is really what happened, we'll change some names. Yeah. No. No. We'll remember. That was them. <laughs> but we cut to the exterior of the Unita Medical Supply Building, a close up on the sign with the slogan, you need it, we got it. It's much better than the <laughs> slogan from Benny's World of Liquor last yes. week. <laughs> it's an improvement. It is. It's yeah. much, it's kinder. That I love the fucking that the name. I was like, that's funny. That's shit. great. That's fucking great. You had said off mic that that's when we should have known it was a comedy. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, you were, you were right. Well, because like I said, I didn't know either. Just like you, I, none of us had any idea. And then your sister was like, "You're this is comedy," and yeah. I was like, "What?" So when it was like, "This is a true event and true story," and blah, blah, I was like, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." And then as soon as we see the name, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> y'all yeah. are on." Some some silly shit. Yeah. Like, you mean all these jokes happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we then get on-screen text reading, July 3rd, 1984, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, accompanied by a tense synth note. July 3rd, huh? That's, yeah. that's suspicious. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> but inside the building, in an overhead shot above shelves of equipment, Bert, played by Clue Gulager, calls out Frank, played by James Karen. So James Karen, if you recall, was in Poltergeist. Mm -hmm. He was the one that just moved the stones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> seen that. Um, I read, too, that uh, O'Bannon had wrote the role of Frank for himself. That's bold. But <laughs> you know who would be great in yeah. this? Yeah. So that, that's for daddy. Me. Well, he, he wanted to Tarantino it up. You know? You know? Was like, this is for me. <laughs> and it said that uh, O'Bannon, when he seen James Karen audition, he was like, oh, no, you're Frank. He was he seen the chemistry between him and the other actors. And he's like, nah, this is for you. you. This is your role. I got to be honest. There are so many small moments from James Karen that are so hilarious. Yeah, they're fantastic. Just brilliant. I can't imagine anybody else playing him. Yeah, no. at all. Especially not the director. No. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk about Clue Gulager as well, because he had a massive career. Mm -hmm. Before this, he was in a lot of Westerns on television in the 50s and 60s. Oh, okay. He also was in The Killers in 1964, The Last Picture Show in 1971, and he was also in A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, which came out the same year. Oh, All shit. Right. You know, we should really get back into that series. Yeah. 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 Eventually. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. 
Um, I also read his last film role was as an unnamed bookstore owner in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What? Oh, shit. Yeah. And it, it must be so small because I do not recall not that. Not at all. And I've watched that film a lot. How cool. They had said on commentary that initially attached to play the role, but I guess he dropped out, was Leslie Nielsen. Really? <laughs> yeah. That would be something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and it would have worked. It, it would have. But uh, Gulager got cast the day before production started. Okay. Damn. <laughs> yeah. But Bert shuts off the lights, asking to wrap everything up so they can all go home. But Frank stands there with Freddie, played by Tom Matthews. Frank says he has about an hour of work left to do, and then he's planning to show Freddie the ropes during this time as well. Bird is okay with this, asking Frank to lock up on his way out and wishing him a happy 4th of July weekend. Frank, with his clipboard in his hand, wishes Bert the same and says he'll see him at the barbecue. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, their whole like energy together was very funny to me. Yeah. And nothing had even really happened no. yet. And Bert is like that guy that's like, oh, they just let anybody in here when you yeah. do them at the store. Like, it's like, I know these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Because Bert does walk back into frame. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's giving Freddie some words of advice, saying that he means this sincerely. No matter what happens, don't name it after him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He he laughs so hard. Yeah. (laughs) He does. And then he slaps Frank on the arm and then he's actually gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just dad energy. It is. It's very funny. But Frank just calls Bert a joker and takes Freddie under his wing through the shelves as the camera follows. Frank leads Freddy over to a rack of full skeletons covered in plastic, telling him of an order from the St. Louis University Medical School for two adult female skeletons with perfect teeth. So you mean I got to be self-conscious about my teeth even when I'm a fucking skeleton? <laughs> I was like, we got to categorize yes. like, oh my, yeah. this, this unrealistic standard of beauty. <laughs> it's, it's too much. I just imagine them breezing past my skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> I said PF. I said perfect teeth. <laughs> Not you. I will be the first. Just a tear goes down my eye socket. Frowning skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> But he shows him the code for this order on the clipboard, Freddie taking it all in as he learns the tricks of the trade. I will say Frank is excellent at this. Yeah. I have never started a job and been trained this well in my life. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) But after doing so, he asks Freddie to snag some Excelsior wool to make a nice bed for the skeletons in a crate. He carries the first skeleton over to Freddie and they lay her gingerly on top of the wool, Frank directing Freddie to snag some styrofoam popcorn to spread around the skeleton. After he does this, Frank tells him what a great job he's doing and says he'll fit in fine at the warehouse. Curiosity strikes Freddy and he asks where these skeletons even came from. Frank tells him all skeletons come from India, thanks to an international treaty. But when Freddy asks how come, Frank's like, how the hell should I know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've known everything so far. (laughs) That's true. But Frank says the real question is, where do they get all the skeletons with perfect teeth? After all, how many people do you know that die with the perfect set of teeth? He posits that there might be some kind of a skeleton farm over in India. And Freddy looks confused for a moment, but Frank just laughs it off as another joke. Yeah. (laughs) They have fun. Yeah, Yeah. they are. Yeah, they're having a blast. But Frank tells Freddy to follow him to another aisle. He also refers to himself as Freddy's uncle, which... Yeah, I caught that too. Yeah. I was like, but your uncle was like, when... All right. Well, I don't know if he's but like, is it like, oh, Uncle Frank or whatever. Or is it like, <laughs> you're my nephew? <laughs> <laughs> it's never made. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but in that aisle, 
Frank shows him a bedpan, delivering the hilarious line. He goes, I don't have to tell you what these are for. ba 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 boom Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> You'd never work a day in your life. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're having this much fun. But then he shows him the prosthetics, the wheelchairs, but he saves something special for last. Split dogs for veterinarian schools. He says they get a lot of orders for them, but when Freddie lets out a growl, Frank scolds, don't fool around, you're learning. I <laughs> laughed so yeah, hard. Come on. All he did was let out a little growl, yeah. and you and Bert both have cultivated an environment of fucking goofiness. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't do him like that. It's like Conan on The Simpsons when he's like, only I may yeah. dance. Yeah. <laughs> you're too comfortable. <laughs> Tone it down. This is your first day. <laughs> Speaking of The Simpsons... They, uh, I found it, I, and I watched this uh, video on uh, YouTube, Minty Comedic Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some trivia on there that I wasn't aware of, but Matt Groening, the creator of The Simpsons, helped them for taglines for this movie. <laughs> that is... That's hilarious. That makes me love this even more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this the first time we've referenced The Simpsons and it's actually made sense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it fits. Hey. Yeah. And The Simpsons didn't even exist yet. No, it's 85. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's that's pretty cool. (laughs) Very good. But Frank finally takes Freddy over to the freezers to show him the fresh cadavers. He says they sell them to medical schools and to the army for ballistic tests. Inviting him inside, they survey one of the cadavers hanging by the head and draped in a plastic sheet. So I think that if this is standard operating procedure, it should be done in a way where there's not blood on the hooks. Oh, that was yeah. a little disconcerting. Yeah. And I got to say, you need a medical supply or whatever. I'm thinking CPAPs, wheelchairs, crutches. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't expect. I'm not, I'm not yeah. expecting skeletons and cadavers in here. So I'm like, is this shady shit that they're doing on the side? Or is, <laughs> yeah. are literally people ordering perfect teeth to Whoa. skeletons from them? I I'm, I don't understand what's going on here. On the side, it's a university that's yeah, ordering. Yeah. <laughs> it seems weird. It's not like, this is for Jeff or whatever. Why do y'all need perfect teeth? <laughs> Just some guy. Well, because they want to show all the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dental school. Yeah. It, it, it did seem a little weird because they had the, the dogs for the veterinarian school. Yeah. Moment, yeah. But still, I was like, uh, if it, and two, if I've learned anything from uh, Freddy, I mean, aren't those <laughs> bodies supposed to be hung upside down? Well, I've seen such I things. I mean, <laughs> this uh, guy's been hanging on by the head. Yeah, he was. Yeah, in all fairness, that looked, and I know he's not with us no, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but that looked very uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> it looked, that was like, that seems wrong. Yeah, yes. you're not holding um, him up. No. I guess they're not doing anything shady, but it, I feel like the just the name Medical Supply is. Uh, misleading yeah well you think gauze that's what, yeah. exactly yeah <laughs> bandits right yeah, yeah. that's it but they're like you want to you want <laughs> you kids want to see a dead body <laughs> exactly <laughs> but frank tells freddie to say hello as the camera pans up from the cadaver's legs up to its obscured face freddie looks a little unnerved asking how many bodies they usually keep here Frank just tells him that you don't want to be overstocked, and he says that it's a little like the restaurant business. You don't want them to lose their freshness. Yeah, this is just like the restaurant yeah. business. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> That's what our walk-in looks like. Too. Yeah. <laughs> By the head. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, those hooks aren't supposed to be bloody. That's not SOP. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> but he laughs, nudging Freddy, who just continues looking at the cadaver. 
Frank has to snap Freddy out of a trance to bring him over to show how to fill out the shipment forms. Well, I'm sure that's not what he expected to see today. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I thought it was gauze. (laughs) (laughs) But we cut to some graffiti filled street in the city where we find a very awesomely dressed group of friends walking together. These people are Casey, played by Jewel Shepard, Spider, played by Miguel A. Nunez Jr., Scuzz, played by Brian Peck, Trash, played by Linnea Quigley, Tina, played by Beverly Randolph, and Chuck, played by John Philbin, who is carrying a boombox with him. Woo! Huh. I was like, (laughs) immediately, I want to be friends with all these punks. Oh, yeah. But I was very surprised and excited to see Miguel Nunez Jr. Yes. Oh, yeah. I I was like, what? The cast is great. It really is. They they all look fucking fantastic. Yeah. I was like, man... Now I want to go find a crew like that. <laughs> Literally living their best 80s yeah. life. It feels like a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you love it. They were talking, some of the cast members bought their own wardrobe because the wardrobe that was given to them, it didn't fit their uh, ideas of what a punk outfit would look like. Yeah. I know the guy that played Scuzz, he made it his mission to get his jacket into the film because he said it reminded him of the British punk scene. Okay. Very cool. Representation. Absolutely. But Casey asks if they're going to a party tonight or what, and Chuck says that they are. Casey says that they should go to the park, but Scuzz says the cops said that they would shoot them if they went back to the park. Good Lord. (laughs) That's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Spider gives finger guns, which Chuck returns, saying that he's in no mood to die tonight. Trash offers, I like death. You know... Trash is, uh, yeah. <laughs> she's got her own interests and, yeah. and hobbies. That we'll yes, yeah. we'll learn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Chuck says that he likes sex with death, asking Casey if she does too. And she agrees, telling him to fuck off and die. That was pretty wow. good. Very good. <laughs> I got to say some of the joke setups in this script are pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. And that is one of them. But Spider asks Tina what the plan is. And she says that partying would be rad but she has to meet Freddy when he gets off from work at the medical supply warehouse. Scuzz is annoyed that Freddy got a job, (laughs) calling him a dick. Really? (laughs) Oh, a dick for getting a job? Apparently. How are we supposed to buy beer and shit? Y'all motherfuckers ain't working? (laughs) No. I mean, one of us has got to... He's like, steal it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Casey gets an idea. Why don't they all go pick up Freddy? Freddy always knows where there's a place to party. And All of right. course, I thought, let's call Dooley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Casey, Cassie, Casey, right? I Okay, here's the thing. I'm going <laughs> to fuck up a few times. It's okay. But I know that anybody named Casey, their biggest pet peeve is being called Cassie. Sure. Yeah. And so I do apologize. But Casey is drinking an orange crush, and you better believe that label's facing the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But back at the warehouse, Freddy is sitting at a desk, flipping through an anatomy textbook. He looks over to Frank, who sits across from him, asking him the weirdest thing he's ever seen in the warehouse. Frank assures him that he's seen weird things come and go, but one thing he saw really caps it off. Before telling Freddy, he asks him, Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? I did, because Podmortem did an episode on it. That's the only reason I watched it. (laughs) That's what Freddy said. He's cool. Yeah. (laughs) Freddy does remember the movie. He says the one where the corpses started eating people, right? What about it? Frank asks if Freddy knew that this film was based on a true case. Freddy's incredulous, but Frank puts his hand to his heart, swearing sincerity. 
Freddy says that that's not possible. They showed zombies taking over the world in that movie. But Frank assures him that they just changed it all around. What really happened was that in 1969 at the VA hospital in Pittsburgh, there was a chemical spill and it all leaked down into the morgue. After that, all the dead bodies started jumping around as if they were alive. He said the chemical was called 245 trioxin when Freddie asks him. I have to say it is very interesting to me that Night of the Living Dead exists as a movie. Yeah. In this universe. Yeah. I have to be honest, if I were them, it's I, I would be like because they had talked they had spoken in Fangoria. Right. Tom Fox, I think, was one of the producers. He said that he had accidentally been misquoted in a newspaper. And it made it seem like George Romero was part of working on this film. Oh, okay. No. And because of their dispute, Romero was fucking pissed, rightfully. Mm-hmm. And so in the interview, Tom Fox goes, George Romero has nothing to do with this film. He's not going to probably see this film. He's never going to, he's not producing <laughs> it. He's not <laughs> writing it. He didn't, you know, he just went yeah. overboard. And so the fact that they even mentioned Night of the Living Dead is pretty surprising. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I love this angle. Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what, dude? hell yeah yeah because you're not shying away from what's already been before yeah and you're using it to further the situation that's happening here Mm -hmm. so now it's like oh yeah that was a movie oh fuck what's gonna happen next (laughs) because in that that's a movie that's not real yeah this is so it's like oh shit you know what i mean it takes us out it takes the rules for the movie how do we know if that's even real? Yeah. Yeah. You it know? was just a movie. Yeah. It connects it so interestingly. Yeah. And then exactly like you're saying with the rules, we see. Mm-hmm. And that's fascinting. Oh, yeah. But Frank says that 245 trioxin was initially made to, quote, kind of spray on marijuana or something. Yeah. Which doesn't really explain a lot. Not no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> but he says that the Darrow Chemical Company, which is just close enough to another chemical company's name. Uh-huh. Intentionally. Yeah. yeah was trying to develop it for the army. And they told, quote, the guy who made the movie that if he told anyone, they'd sue his ass off. So he changed all the facts around. It's like, they won't, they'll say Night of the Living Dead. We're not saying Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not saying George Romero. <laughs> but the camera presses in on a very intrigued Freddy who asks his uncle, maybe, what really happened? <laughs> <laughs> Frank says that they closed it all down and shipped all the contaminated dirt and all the dead bodies out and kept it a secret, and then he shushes Freddy. Freddy asks how he knows about it then, and Frank just says that it was a typical army fuck-up. The transportation order got mixed up, and they shipped the bodies to the medical supply warehouse instead of to Darrow Chemical. Suddenly, the phone rings, scaring the shit out of Freddy, (laughs) (laughs) and he gets snapped out of Frank's story. But Frank answers the phone, and he talks to his wife, telling her that he'll be home for dinner shortly, while Freddy tries to get himself together. But after he gets off the phone, Frank looks over to his maybe nephew, a wild idea coming to him. He asks Freddy, want to see him? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Uncle. Yeah, but I don't. You can't say yes or no? Or? Yeah, I don't. And how long have they been down there? We learned 15 years. <laughs> oh, you haven't thought of the smell. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking yeah. wild. And he is in a glass box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Freddie asks, see what? And Frank very dramatically tells him, the corpses. He says they're down in the basement and then he leads the way. At the top of the stairs to the basement, 
Frank turns on the lights, telling Freddy to mine the third step. This is Chekhov's step. Yeah. Absolutely. I bet immediately I'm waiting for the step oh, to come yeah. to play. <laughs> but Freddy asks why they just brought the bodies here and left them. And Frank just replies, well, you know the army. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> but I'm sorry. He says they've been here for 14 years now. Okay. Still. Which is still a lot. Yeah. <laughs> But among the cluttered basement, Frank points to two large drums. Each one has printed on its side, property, department of the army, and even has a phone number in case of emergency. Frank unscrews the locks with a flourish, opening the lid to reveal the face of a corpse resting inside underneath a sheet of glass. Freddy is overwhelmed by the sight of it, and Frank just cleans off the glass with some spray and a paper towel. He uses the whole roll? Yeah, I was going to say, hold on. <laughs> I lied. <Yeah. laughs> I I was like, dude, yeah. <laughs> you use a whole fucking a roll of paper towels. <laughs> but Ori returns to Freddy and he asks if these drums could possibly leak. Frank assures him that they can't, telling him that these drums were made by the Army Corps of Engineers. He slaps the side of the drum and gas immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you can fit so many dead bodies in here. <laughs> That, that one slap. I one. Yeah. When I tell you, I could not fucking stop laughing. <laughs> this is when I was like, "Oh, this is just yeah. We're just doing whatever the fuck we want." I first of all, hmm. whatever happens for the rest of the film is your fault. Yes. Yeah. Secondly, <laughs> one slap. Yes. You had to bring this fucking dude down here to show out. Like, yeah. There was no reason for this. No. What made me laugh is that it's the tight shot of the guys just like, nope, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> but Freddy goes, oh, fuck. And they just slowly collapse to the floor together, convulsing. I put in my notes, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> just the sequence of events of, oh, no, it's fine. Smack. Yeah. And then they just go down immediately. Yeah. I, I, it was the funniest thing to me. I Again, we say the pacing. Yeah, because the comedy is just mwah. well, and and even <laughs> even this from here, we go into the title. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there the it fuck? is. It's like, is that it? Is that what, what happened? What if, are they gone? Yeah, I thought we were never going to see these guys yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but the camera does pan over them into the container where we find the corpse once again. Its flesh begins to melt away to the bone, and we get the title, The Return of the Living Dead. Music is great. Flesh melting is great. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. I like the font in all this of the title. I was like, that looks really cool. It does. It kind of strikes me as more modern than what they would do then. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think that it was this part, watching everything melt down and the fucking hilarious little <laughs> scene that happened before. I was uh, like, oh, this is... This is good. I like I'm going to have a good time. Oh yeah. The glass breaks inside the container and we watch the toxic gas travel up into the vents through pipes until it's burped out of the vents in the freezer, reanimating the corpse that we met earlier. Its body begins to move underneath the plastic as the camera presses in on him. So I mentioned during the opening that I like a lot of the camera work. Mm. This pressing in shot, I, I was like, I got to see who was the DP. Right. The DP was Jules Brenner. Great name. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite name. Yeah. But he also shot Helter Skelter in 1976. Oh, oh shit. shit. And he shot the Salem's Lot miniseries in 79. 
<laughs> okay. So if he if Toby Hooper had stayed on, this would have been another time that they worked wow, together. Wow, that's really right. cool. I thought that was interesting. Man. That's really cool. I thought you were going to say Dean Cundy. <laughs> <laughs> he is it always is. And it should be. <laughs> we love Dean Cundy in this house. <laughs> but we freeze frame on this corpse before it breaks out for some reason. I didn't quite. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love a good freeze frame. It, it, it was great. Well, then you'll yeah. love this movie. <laughs> there is one freeze frame at the end that when I saw it, I was like, that's weird. Yeah. But I found out why it freeze frames. Oh. And it's a wild story. Okay. So we'll get to that. But we cut to a shot of the American flag waving in front of a large house guarded by military police. A car pulls up, heading inside the gate and parking in front of the house. Out steps Colonel Glover, played by Jonathan Terry. He heads inside, carrying a briefcase, checking the mail, and then meeting Ethel, his wife, played by Kathleen Cordell, at the dining room table. She asks how his day was, and he just flatly responds, usual, crap. I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> well, because of felt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same. But she tells him that she's made his favorite for dinner, lamb chops. Glover says that he had them for lunch and just walks away. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so you just got home and you've already Einstein her. Yeah. Um, I don't like you. No. <laughs> I already don't like this dude. The amount of disrespect. Yeah, I it, it is funny, but I was like, come on, dude. <laughs> God damn. And Ethel like crumbles. Man. Yeah. God damn. Like, oh, she's hurt. It's very sad. But Glover heads into his office, setting down his briefcase to open a cabinet with a telephone. And I thought it was a screen with something green on it, but we learn later that it's a map yeah. inside of the cabinet. But he lifts up the receiver, telling the person on the other end that this is station three, checking in at 1601 hours. And he says that he'll be home all evening. He hangs up, closing the cabinet and heads back into the dining room. Glover unwinds with a drink as his wife lights a candle on the table, telling him that it's nerve-wracking living around all that equipment all the time. Glover just says that they have to be able to reach him 24 hours a day wherever he is, and she knows that. <laughs> Which, again, <laughs> expository. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but I'm going to remind you anyway. With every detail. <laughs> but Ethel says that all the microwave stuff affects her oven, and Glover assures her that when they find them, she can have them taken out. Ethel asks when that is, and Glover just snaps at her that he doesn't know. So, first of all, don't talk to Ethel that uh, way. Yeah. yeah. Secondly, so, they've been living like this for 14 years. That, that was my next comment. <laughs> That's true. She's Ethel like, has every right yes. to be pissed off. Everything I've ever baked yeah. in this house, flat as a pancake. Get this shit out of here. <laughs> But Ethel rolls her eyes as Glover, defeated, says that they may never find them. He says they've been through all this before. They could be anywhere. He's like, I told you. We talked. <laughs> <laughs> you know this. It's been 14 years. <laughs> but cut to our group of friends speeding around in a beat up graffitied car with on-screen text reading 7.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Suicide, played by Mark Venturini, drives the car. He has a piercing connecting his ear to his tongue. Mm -hmm. I thought that would come into play. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. No, it's just <laughs> it's just a cool thing. He likes it. It yeah. looked really heavy. It did. I could. There's no way. Yeah. No. Talking is like lifting weights or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but punk music blares as Suicide asks where they're going. And Tina says to meet Freddy, telling him about Freddy's new job at the medical supply warehouse. Suicide says that it sounds like a shitty job, 
and gets flustered, asking the crew why they only come around when they need a ride somewhere. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> Is this true, though? Yeah. But it's because you're mean, Suicide. <laughs> you're not easy to be around. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a temper. He's really mean. And we learn immediately. Well, he's carrying around all those chains. I'd be mad, too. He's like, this yeah, is heavy. He's, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider answers plainly. Because you're one spooky motherfucker. Suicide isn't about it, asking, you think I'm spooky? Before launching on Spider in the back seat, leaving Tina to take control of the wheel. Yeah, we're definitely not afraid of you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) This is the behavor that makes us us feel safe. (laughs) Friends, right, guys? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. These are your friends. But they pull loud and smoking through a railroad crossing before parking in front of the medical supply building. Spider says that the building is ugly, but Trash says that she likes it. It's a statement. It's literally just a building. Yeah. A plain (laughs) building. It's funny. This movie takes place in Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. It was shot, obviously, in California. Mm -hmm. But they were talking, um, the crew saying that people from Kentucky would come up to them and say, I know that building. I walked by that building every day. They're like, no, no. (laughs) No, you did not. Right. Mm -mm. (laughs) But I mean, it means you did a good job, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But Suicide says that they should go inside and get Freddy, but Tina says that they might freak out his boss. Spider takes a swig from a giant bottle of liquor, asking what they are, weird or something? They're a very eclectic group. They are. But Tina says that Freddy gets off at 10 p.m., and Suicide shouts that he's not sitting here for two fucking hours. Why this, did y'all... Yeah. <laughs> Suicide is a dick, but this is nuts. Why did y'all come yeah. over? <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> I... <laughs> it's very early. <laughs> yes. And they were moving with an urgency. Yeah. Yes. Freddie will know. No, Freddie. We'll wait in the parking lot for two, for two plus hours. <laughs> it's hot out here. <laughs> yeah. It, That's so crazy. I'm sure it feels good the top down where we're going, but when yeah. we're parked, uh, not no. so much. No, not at all. But Chuck suggests that they drive around, but Suicide doesn't want to waste the gas. But Scuzz points out the nearby and very interestingly named Resurrection Cemetery. Mm. (laughs) He says they could go hang out there for a while. Everyone groans except for Trash, who says, let's do that. That tracks. (laughs) (laughs) It's my character. (laughs) But they pull up to the cemetery gates to find them boarded up and spray painted on them are the words, no future. They all pile out of the car, trash taking the least convenient way, sliding and crab walking down the windshield. (laughs) (laughs) Could have gotten out any other. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Climbing through the trunk would have been easier. But Spider asks Scuzz if he wants to tip over some gravestones, but Scuzz says that he just wants to look around because he's never been in a graveyard before. Spider asks if he's ever been to a funeral before, but Scuzz admits that he's never known anyone who's died, and I'm sure that won't change. Yeah, that's going to last forever. (laughs) But as Suicide snags a box from his trunk, Tina tells the group that she doesn't think this is a good idea. Chuck's like, what's all that stuff you're grabbing, dude? (laughs) (laughs) And a very <laughs> and a very annoyed suicide says that they're just road flares. 
It's not fetish shit. No. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I did I did think I was like, that's a funny backpack. And then <laughs> when he was like, road flares, I was like, oh, yeah, so you can hang out all night. Yeah, and I never even considered that because I was like, why would he need? He's yeah. like, you gotta be prepared. And he's right. You never know if a T-Rex is gonna get out of their culture. <laughs> 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 Ian Malcolm this. Yeah. <laughs> Buddy snags a hammer and smashes through the chains, locking the gates. They break in, walking through the headstones. Trash jumps around, excited, as Suicide complains some more, calling the place a mess as Chuck turns on his boombox. So, I heard on commentary the cemetery was not at all a real cemetery. It was actually an olive grove, but the production designer, a guy called William Stout, who actually, um, there was a guy leaning against the wall whenever they were walking by when we met our group. Mm-hmm. That was William Stout as well. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but he um, transformed this area into a cemetery by like getting a bunch of moss and a bunch of plants. Yeah. And then he called into Universal and he rented every tombstone that they had in their warehouse. Mm-hmm. And so there are tombstones in this film that were featured in Frankenstein and Dracula in 1931. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Way to reuse something. <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. really cool. I thought that was the coolest thing. But inside the medical supply warehouse basement, Frank and Freddie wake up on the floor, choking and hacking <laughs> and slowly reaching their feet. I put, oh my God, they're still alive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were just the intro. Yeah, same. I was like, oh fuck, we're back. They're <laughs> her false protagonists. <laughs> But Frank makes sure Freddy is okay, but they both react to the stench of the gas. They peer over the open drum and to their shock, find that the corpse that was inside is missing. <gasps> that shit knocked them yeah. <laughs> out. When you checked your watch? Yeah. Like, oh, how yeah. long? Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> but Frank, drenched in sweat, closes the drum, stumbling around and resting on a chain before throwing up behind the stairs pretty violently. They head upstairs, coughing and retching. Frank says that they probably shouldn't tell Bert about this because it'll make them look stupid. (laughs) I think we're past that, man. (laughs) I I think Bert's going to find out. Well, if he ever goes in the basement. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, what the, what happened? This thing I've been walking past for 14 years. (laughs) Broken and wide open. Why does it stink down here? No shit. <laughs> Freddy, however, is more concerned with the smell of the gas. He sits on the edge of the crate that they loaded the skeleton into earlier as Frank snags some Lysol. He sprays it around, but stops when they hear a dog whimpering nearby. I get the Lysol, but maybe we need fresh air. Okay. <laughs> not. Let's <laughs> just cover yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. It, up. It's, it smells like shit and lemon. Yeah. <laughs> we can't breathe that in either, man. No. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go outside. They're just coughing more. Yeah. <laughs> but they creep over to the shelves, finding a dog lying on its side, panting. Freddie asks what's wrong with him and leans in closer to investigate. I guess the gas made him forget his orientation. That's <laughs> just completely. I was like, why are you confused? Yeah. <laughs> but when he picks it up, we see that it is a bisected half body of a dog missing half of its organs and half of them on full display. I, I'll be honest. I had already forgot about the half dog thing. <laughs> so I was like, there's no way. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, shit. I was not <laughs> expecting this. That's 
that's crazy. And it looked good. No, it do- it does. Like I was, I'm very impressed by a lot of the makeup effects in this film. Yeah. Uh, I know I had read in Fangoria the original guy that they had for the makeup effects. They fired mid production. Really? Oh. Yeah. They they apparently and they were kind of they said they weren't impressed with what he did, <laughs> which is very very rude way to yeah. say. Yeah. But um, they had a good team of makeup effects artists. They included uh, Kenny Myers, who I think took over as lead. Uh-huh. And he worked recently on uh, Vice. Oh. And Lincoln. Oh, nice. And then you had Tony Gardner as well, who he his career is just prolific. Yeah. He worked on stuff like Hocus Pocus, 127 Hours, like Zombieland. Yeah. Damn. All over the place. All right. Just a very impressive group of people. And there's a ton of, I think they had like 10 or 12 makeup artists mm-hmm. credited for this film. And it all looks fantastic. Well, there was a, yeah. there was a lot of work to do. There was. Yeah. There were some shots later that are they. I gasped. <laughs> <laughs> but after seeing the bisected dog, Frank and Freddy scream loudly. With Freddy asking what they should do, Frank snaps into action though, saying that they should kill it, snagging a wooden crutch and beating the hell out of it. But they stop when they hear muffled screaming nearby. They rush over to find something banging on the freezer door from the inside. Frank realizes that it's the cadaver. Freddy asks what it's doing in there, and Frank says he doesn't know, but it sounds sore. (laughs) (laughs) You're the one that knew the whole backstory. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you like, I don't know. (laughs) You know exactly what. Well, he maybe he's like, I was bullshitting. (laughs) (laughs) I was bluffing. Yeah. But they're doing what you said they were doing. (laughs) When you busted out that chemical that you told Freddie about. This is all true. I'm, I'm just saying. But with Freddy's adamant approval, Frank decides to lock the door and rushes over to do so. As he does, the butterflies, there was, okay, so I meant to mention earlier, whenever we first see the warehouse, right. there's a frame with all these different butterflies yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it looked cool just alone as it was. Right. But now we see the frame again and all the butterflies have returned to life and they're flapping their wings. That was a good little touch. That is yes. so yeah. fucking cool. It's not even the focus of the shot. Yeah. The production designer had said that they cut out butterflies from a magazine and they just <laughs> brought them to life by using a fan. No, oh, nice. <laughs> but it's hey, great. It so, works. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's the simple, you know. And this is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Frank rushes Freddy into his office and closes the door so they can formulate a plan. Freddy asks if they're going crazy, but frantic. Frank tells him that it's the stuff from the tanks. Those goddamn chemicals are all over everything. Freddy just calls him a stupid asshole, and Frank tells him to watch his tongue if he likes his job. <laughs> consider this my resignation yeah. um you think i'm still gonna fucking work here after you just poisoned me and i passed after out for just, yeah. after you just poisoned me what? Like, i'm gonna own this place yeah. well, technically frank did slap the tank he did, he did. So, if there's any lawsuit yeah and did anybody see the sign behind them? No. It's set up like an eye chart where it's like letters stacked <laughs> on top of each other. But if you like look closely, it reads, Bert is a slave driver and a cheap son of a bitch who's going bald to ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> there had to be a message. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's all I, was thinking. I was like, what does that say? They have fun. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They're buds. But Freddy says that they should call the cops, but Frank says that that would ruin this company and his reputation. Freddy just says, fuck your reputation, but still tries to come up with another plan. What about the emergency number on the side of the tank? 
Frank says that that's the army and says that they don't want them swarming around this place. He just shouts, think, think. But he finally arrives at an idea. They'll call the boss. As the man in the freezer still makes plenty of noise outside the office, Frank gets himself together and dials up Bert. He very calmly tells Bert that they have a little problem. (laughs) (laughs) He's really underselling it. Yeah. If you say we have we have a little we have a little issue, and then I get there and this is what's gonna (laughs) No shit. We are no longer friends. He's like, hey, are you busy, man? (laughs) (laughs) Like no rush or anything. (laughs) Just something small. (laughs) We could probably handle it (laughs) in-house. But back in the graveyard. Trash sits leaning up against a tombstone, asking Spider, do you ever fantasize about being killed? Spider lights up a cigarette, saying, never. Trash continues while rubbing her legs. Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying, you know, violently, and wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Spider says that he tries not to think about death too much. (laughs) You're kind of killing the never. We're trying to have fun. (laughs) Never, never. But Trash sits up, rubbing her body, and says that to her, the worst way to die would be for a bunch of old men to get around her and start biting and eating her alive. I got to say, the way she's saying it, it doesn't sound like she hates the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we we all have our own kinks, but I I don't know if that's uh, That's, that's safe. Yeah. You can do this once, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's all. And I laugh because Spider just goes, "I see." Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. What, what are you supposed what, to say? What can you say? <laughs> but Trash says that first they tear off her clothes, and she rips off her shirt, revealing her breasts. A very excited Chuck exclaims, "Let's get some lights over here!" Trash is taking her clothes off again. I laughed out loud. Yes. This is just what Trash does. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what I thought as well. So the spider was probably like, here we fucking yeah. go. He's like, I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Right. Of course. Oh, this is where you were going. I feel like this is just a segue for you to take your clothes yeah. off. Yeah. So I thought we were just going to hang out, but all right. It's always got to be about trash. But, all right. <laughs> but tonight we'll make love until we die by SSQ plays as Trash ascends a gravestone. I was like, is this Trash's mixtape on the yeah. <laughs> It's funny because we learn it's kind of her theme song. Like, yeah. <laughs> that dude. Yeah. Oh like, no, play this every time. <laughs> every time. <laughs> but Suicide surrounds her with flares as she slips off her shoes and strips naked except for her leg warmers. She dances in the light of the flares as everyone cheers her on. She's having a blast. She yeah. is. And I love that for her and her leg warmers. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> Do what makes you happy. Right. The gang's all here. Somebody pass me the chips. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a night out, apparently. Yeah, and trash is putting on a happens. show. They had said that uh, the way that they're going around with the flares, a few of the actors burned their hands with the flares. Oh. And on commentary, they were like, I get this. I still have the scar. And they were wow. showing it. <laughs> so that's how the, that's what happened. <laughs> I was reading a lot of things about Dan O'Bannon because it was his first production right he had never directed a film before uh he had gotten into it with a lot of the actors and a lot of the actors were kind of pissed off at him at random points oh shit they had said i i think i read it in that horror geek life article but i think it was clue gulager eventually was fed up and i think chased him around the set with a bat what the fuck i don't know how true that is 
but a lot of people were saying that they that the cast was like cheering him on because they were like, no, get, get, get him. That's a lot. I don't and know how true that is. For somebody with such a, a background in doing films and stuff, yeah. like you had to be acting fucking out yeah. for, that's a lot. But didn't they say that when he was going to the club, he was giving him drugs? They, d- they did say yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did read that, yes. <laughs> They said um, it's not all that. <laughs> <laughs> the production designer said they worked like eighteen hour days. Yeah, and so like they, I mean, they're they're frustrated. Oh, they were just yeah. relaxing. They're blowing off steam it's with the right. baseball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that pent up energy. We yeah. gotta get it out. But back inside the warehouse, Bert has arrived, chastising his employees for opening the drum, telling Frank that he's told him countless times to never go near those tanks. So the second he leaves, he's like, "Check this shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said he was. He had to show out. Yeah. My thing is like, yes, it's <laughs> Frank's fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> but isn't this Bert's place? Bert is the boss. Yeah, he's the one that's kept this down there for this long. If and you know, you know, this is a volatile and potentially dangerous situation. If you're like, okay, have a good night. Don't go near that. <laughs> <Yeah. tank." laughs> that's how he says goodbye every night. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and that's true. And they never even why there there is nothing really special about keeping them, right? Why do they hold on to them for fourteen years? Yeah, that's a good question. I didn't even th- <laughs> I didn't even think about it's that. Like you like, want to see some freaky <laughs> shit? Because it was a mistake to get sent there. Yeah. And then the yeah. army's like, yeah, that, "Where the fuck are yeah. these? <laughs> what I've is happening?" <laughs> But Frank is clearly ashamed and embarrassed, but the sounds of the corpse in the freezer distracts all of them. Frank asks what they're going to do, and Bert goes on a tangent, saying that he's probably going to get sued by Darrow Chemical Company, investigated by the government. He might become very famous, but he might also lose his business yeah. <laughs> and go to jail. The famous part, I was like, that's a... That's Calm a- down. Yeah. <laughs> but after pacing around for a moment, he says, on the other hand, if they destroy all the evidence here and keep their mouths shut, Frank likes this plan. Bert asks if there really is a reanimated cadaver behind the door to the freezer, but takes Frank's word for it when he asks him to go ahead and check for himself. Yeah, I, I believe you. Yeah, that's, I trust you. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> You've always been trustworthy, yeah. Frank. But Bert says that if that's really what it is, they have to kill it. Freddie asks how you kill something that's already dead, and Bert thinks for a moment, remembering that in that movie... <laughs> They destroyed the brain to kill them. This, I again, them doing this, I was like, I, I, I like that. And it's realistic because if if your only knowledge of zombies is Night of the Living Dead, yeah, what are you gonna do? It's Fall ki- back to what you know. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of the same thing in From Dust Till Dawn when he was like, <laughs> No, in this movie, yeah. it's like that's yeah. all we know. <laughs> None of us have ever dealt with this shit before. <laughs> but Frank remembers this from the film too, agreeing emphatically. Bert hands Frank a pickaxe, giving them both instructions. Freddy is going to open the door, and Frank is going to brain it with the pickaxe when it comes out. Frank is overcome with fear, but Bert tells him he better do it because he got them into this mess. He positions both men at their stations as he hides behind the rack of skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, I and I wrote the script this week, but I really thought that these particular skeletons were going to come into play a lot. Yeah. yeah. Especially the one whenever Freddy is leaning on the thing, the crate that they put it in. Yeah. I thought he was going to reach out and grab him. Nope. It never happens. No. Even these skeletons that are hanging in the thing, <laughs> Bird's just like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> 
But Bert gives Freddy the combination for the padlock, and tension rises as Freddy turns the knob. He finally unlocks it, and Yellow Cadaver, played by Terry Houlihan, busts out in a straight sprint right for Bert. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> Did not expect that. Not at all. <laughs> that was fucking great. Well, because I'm like, if I'm Freddy, why the fuck am I doing? Why am I involved in any of this? Well, well you work here. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've already resigned. While your uncle is. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I think the thing that makes me laugh, of course, I mean, Frank not taking a shot at all, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but why, why Bert? He ran past two, yeah. two delicious brains and he, he tackles Bert. <laughs> he was just the least likely person to get attacked. So when it was him, that was that was fucking yeah. hilarious. But he's the brains of the group. Ah, yeah. okay. very good. I will say I don't even remember music. I just remember his feet running. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's all I remember hearing. His little yellow feet. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And his yellow butt. <laughs> yeah, he's well. He was a cadaver. Yeah. yeah. But Bert struggles against him, and Frank tears the cadaver off of his boss, and he and Freddy wrestle it to the floor. Bert finds the pickaxe, swinging it right into the cadaver's brain. Frank's got to calm down. <laughs> yeah, he does. Frank is I, falling apart. I get you're scared. I would too. Uh-huh. You got to calm down, bro. You're I think he feels the blame of everything and the guilt. I, I, he should. I get it, but he should. It killed me how quickly the weapon was just abandoned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the pickaxe now sticks through the cadaver's head into the floor, but the cadaver continues to scream. The men are confused, but Bert grabs a bone saw and starts slicing through the cadaver's neck as Frank and Freddy scream. The headless cadaver rises up, stumbling blindly around the shelves, knocking them over until the men force him to the ground again. The head rests on the floor, looking around as they tie the cadaver's body up. Bert chastises Frank for the brain thing not working out, but Frank insists that it worked in the movie. Wounded, Freddy asks, you mean the movie lied? (laughs) (laughs) The three men stand up, trying to find a solution, but Bert says that they need to destroy it completely until there's nothing left. Frank suggests acid, and Bert elaborates, aqua regia. Freddy asks what they'll do if it doesn't dissolve the bones, which sends Bert pacing again (laughs) until he gets another idea. Yeah. (laughs) I laughed out loud. Because he was like, what if it doesn't dissolve the bones? And Frank goes, oh! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, we didn't think of the bones! <laughs> he needs to chill. He's a little tortured. bit. tortured. <laughs> so I wanted to know exactly what this was, because I was like, is this a real thing or a movie thing? Yeah. But it is. It's a real thing. Alchemists call it royal water because of its ability to dissolve platinum, gold. Whoa. Yeah. So it's one part nitrogen nitric acid and three parts hydrochloric acid holy shit um but be careful because it's very <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pod more than psa yeah, no, no, yeah, don't, don't make don't, don't make it yeah, no, this. this is for science <laughs> yes um but it is a real thing and i was like damn i was like okay um maybe it would work so I maybe mean, yeah. he's right yeah and what's funny to me is that he because they had said acid and he's like no yeah <laughs> like i, I know, got just one better <laughs> But Bert rushes up a set of stairs and looks out of a window, remembering that Ernie Kaltenbrunner, the embalmer at the mortuary across the street, sometimes works late at night. 
Bert sees through the window that Ernie's light is on, and Freddie asks what he could possibly do for them. It's like, dude, A to B. Just, yeah. <laughs> just connect. <laughs> no, to mortuary. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I did laugh because on commentary they said that they initially were going to build a miniature model okay to show ernie's light being on right and they're like well we can save money just by saying he sees it yeah <laughs> yeah really true. and they yeah. did and you know i don't miss it no not no. at all <laughs> but bert says that ernie has a crematorium across the street and he's known him about 25 years and he might help them out because of their friendship frank asks what they're gonna tell him and asks oddly can you trust that bastard i don't know why he's so yeah well Oh, Maybe we no. do know why. Right. Yeah. We know exactly why. Holy shit. Because I even put in my notes, why has he got to be a bastard? And then we were all kind of digging. We'll get to it in a minute. But You're right. Okay, yeah. I get it now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get it now. When I wrote this, I didn't know about any of that. Yeah. Me yeah. neither. <laughs> <laughs> so good point. Good point, Frank. But Bert says that they don't have much of a choice. Freddie asks how they're going to get the body over there. And Fred steps toward the camera, asking once again for the bone saw. But back in the graveyard, we get on-screen text reading 9.16 p.m. That's very specific. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, so Freddie's still technically on shift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the party is still going, but Tina is annoyed that Trash is still naked even though the show is over. Trash asks if it makes her nervous, and Tina just storms off. Trash fans herself, saying that she's hot, and Chuck agrees. Suicide shouts, scram, wimp! Which literally sends Chuck running. He's like, you got a bus. <laughs> <laughs> Trash kind of pushes up on suicide, but suicide is pissed that after all he does for them, all he gets is, you're spooky. That really hurt him. It did. <laughs> like, he, he goes, fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. What is happening here, dude? <laughs> no. That's not enough for us no. to let you be mean to us. <laughs> yeah, he, he's really hurt. And Trash has no impulse control. Yeah. She's on her own rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Trash tells him that she likes it spooky. Suicide says that he has something to say, pulling at his chains and his leather jacket, asking if Trash thinks this is a costume. He says it's a way of life. Trash agrees, wrapping her arms around him and moaning as she dances on him. Suicide pushes her away, asking her what's wrong with her and telling her to show some fucking respect for the dead. <laughs> that made me laugh this so man, hard. Yeah. <laughs> this man's pouring out his soul. And she's like, man, now my leg warmers are chafing me. It's like, we are in a cemetery. <laughs> Calm down. He's going through it. He yeah. is. It's like a crisis. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But elsewhere... Casey snacks on a chocolate bar, noticing people off in the distance who look an awful lot like Freddie, Frank, and Bert <laughs> carrying a corpse in a trash bag. <laughs> They're like, nah, nah can't be them. <laughs> strangers, mostly. <laughs> Casey asks Chuck if that's Freddie, but Chuck says that it isn't. Casey asks how he would know, and Chuck says, because why would Freddie be going into the mortuary? That's probably all more reason you should go check. Yes. Literally, yeah. and he's work. You know, he works yeah. like right next door. <laughs> and I'm sorry, but no matter who it is, are they carrying a dead body yeah. <laughs> to a mortuary? <laughs> That's frightening. Yeah, that's frightening. Maybe, maybe don't do that. Yeah, we need to call somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the mortuary, we find Ernie, played by Don Calfa. He's listening to his headphones and smoking a large pipe. 
I have to admit, I didn't even know half of the stuff that we're about to learn about this gentleman. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not a gentleman. This asshole. No. Yeah. <laughs> this bastard. This bastard. Yeah. Um, but with this, with the pipe, I made a joke in my script. I said, it's not Hans Landa large, but it is large. And nay, both of you yeah. kind of blew my mind when I came over today and told me about a lot of stuff in this mortuary. Yeah. So you noticed something that I didn't see until after I started reading. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, so I I do dabble a bit in classical music. Mm-hmm. So I heard him when he was like, I was like, man, that sounds funny. He was like, that's, you know, all right, whatever. But as it pans out, you kind of see there's a picture right behind him. It's a fucking picture of Hitler on his wall right behind him. I was like, what the, f-? I was like, all right. And that's my note. Is that a fucking picture of Hitler behind him? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck does this have to do with the story? What is, you know what I mean? I was like, what is, what's going on here? Because it's not like a, uh, like there's a circle with the X through it, like you know, down with yeah. Hitler. And, you know, boom. yeah, boo yeah. Hitler, <laughs> fuck that guy, fuck Hitler. It's like a uh, uh, like a weird like positive. He's somebody's hugging him or something next to him. It's like what the what what what? I was like, uh, you, I'm gonna have to ding you for that. Of I course, yeah. you know what I mean. I don't know what this has to do with the story, but it's it's you're gonna automatically gonna get a ding for that. The more you told me about the stuff found in this place, yeah, it confused me even more because who the character is it has no it it they don't talk about it yeah except for that line calling him a bastard yeah it is completely unnecessary because when i had read that and i was like what the fuck and then i rewatched it right before we got together today and when he's looking out the window and talking about him they he says ernie Carlton Bruner, and then frank's like ernie Carlton." i was like why are y'all saying his name so many times his full name mm-hmm. so i googled it and there was an austrian ss official named ernst Carlton Bruner. Uh, yeah i don't like and that. i had read that no not at all and i read that o'bannon was quoted to say that when he was writing this character he is supposed to be an escaped nazi why i don't know and the thing is no spoilers or whatever he's not a bad guy that's that's what was weird to me because when your sister you know we kind of had talked about that before but it uh he (laughs) he's just a normal ass person it seems like in the movie but you give him this background or this whatever i why i feel like what they should have done is these are subtle clues that he's actually the villain or a okay. villain, yeah. Or he, he does something later that fucks over everybody, or something to where? Because why are you gonna have this shit, but have him be know. basically one of the co-protagonists? Yeah, it's very it weird. It is so like, what? What was your? What was? This is not the move. I don't know. It was very confusing. Yeah, because he is very helpful. He's part of the yes. group. He's, yeah, he it, shouldn't. Yeah, and especially for how fun this all is. Yeah. I was like, you don't get to do this with no. no, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. It's uh, so bizarre. And unnecessary. Yeah. Mm. But having written my script and not knowing that this motherfucker and my yeah. notes. is a Nazi, uh, I'm going to continue my script yeah. as if he's a character. Right. I don't know what to do. Well, yeah, which I think we should. Let's leave that back there. Okay. We Just don't get like past that. It. Get yeah. Past okay. Because it. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. It doesn't belong here. Dan O'Bannon, why? Yeah. <laughs> why did you do that? 
But there's a corpse on his table with a large bruise on its side. And Ernie agonizingly inserts the tubing for, I guess he says later, rigor mortis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was formaldehyde, but he, I don't know. He's got another system. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because the way he explains it later, I was like, all, all right. right. Yeah. I'll take your word <laughs> yeah. for it. Whatever you sure. But suddenly there's a knock on the door that Ernie doesn't hear. And Bert just lets himself inside, calling out to his friend. He taps him, scaring the shit out of him, and Ernie literally pulls a gun on Bert, but they handle it calmly. You know Ernie keeps that thing on him. Apparently. But they engage in some small talk as Ernie pours himself a cup of coffee, and Bert asks what he's doing. Ernie explains that he's breaking out the rigor mortis and calls Bert over to the corpse. He says that rigor mortis starts in the brain, then it spreads to the internal organs and settles in the muscles. But he says you can break it out by flexing the muscles, which he demonstrates to some pretty grotesque sounds. Or what it sounds like when I, I, get, I get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm 32. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. But <laughs> he says that you won't find that in a book. And Bird is like, oh, yeah, that's fascinating. <laughs> so my thing, I know that we were telling telling frank to calm down yeah i think that bert kind of needs to calm up like okay yes i don't know how you're acting like you didn't just fight us <laughs> five minutes ago he cut its head off he, he did. did yeah he did that was all and you. it was on top of him like yeah. he was in the thick of it yeah i made a beeline for him <laughs> but ernie covers the body in a sheet and he says that his client is definitely dead now and he is exhausted but Bert immediately redirects the conversation into why he came here, asking Ernie, buddy boy, how long have we been friends? So when somebody asks you, how long have we been friends? Those years are about to be put to the test. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not trivia. Or- no. Nope. like, hey, man, how long have we been friends? No. It's, it's never no. that. It's never that. What do you need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck happened? Right. We're not moving a couch. No. <laughs> I'm not doing that again. No. <laughs> But Ernie correctly guesses that it's been about 25 years. So Bert wasn't lying. That's true. No, that's yeah. exactly what he said. So Bert asks for a favor and wonders if Ernie could keep it quiet. He says he needs some help in a very big way. Ernie says that he can count on him and asks what's wrong. Bert pauses for a moment, then says he has a couple of his men outside and asks if he can bring them in. Ernie tries to stop him, saying it's illegal, but puts up zero fight. <laughs> as soon as they get inside, he just goes, ah, damn. <laughs> <laughs> but Frank and Freddie bring the cadaver in, covered in a trash bag. Bert removes the one bag on top to reveal several tied up trash bags in full motion. I learned on commentary that what is in these bags, those uh, monkey toys with the symbols. Oh, uh, all right. They removed the <laughs> symbols, and so they're just playing nothing. Just uh, the monkey shine ones, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that George Romero? Is it? Is it? That's is it? <laughs> if it is, they're playing with fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Ernie reacts in shock, asking what the hell is in those bags. Bert answers somewhat calmly and quickly. Rabid weasels? That is what y'all came yeah. up with? Aurora Borealis? <laughs> In the oven? Yes. <laughs> May I see them? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Ernie asks what the hell he's doing with rabid weasels. But Bert says, you know how it is. They came in with a shipment and they weren't supposed to be rabid. But 
Ernie does not understand how this happens. No. And one fucking glance at Frank's pale and pasty ass face. It's not. I'd be like, what the fuck is <laughs> really going on? How many of those weasels bit Frank? <laughs> is what I think. What's wrong with you, dude? Like, what, what? He's clearly, yes. clearly upset. Those aren't weasels. No. He's going through it. <laughs> but Ernie takes a step forward and Bert stops him, forcing him back, telling him not to get bitten. Ernie suggests that they call an animal shelter, but Bert says if the word got out, it would hurt his business. He says rabies is a bad scene, <laughs> which is really <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> and a red-eyed, clearly catatonic Frank silently agrees, as does Freddy, who is worse for wear, but he looks way better than Frank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ernie says it wouldn't matter. Bert doesn't run a pet store. He says to just take them to the pound. But Bert says he can't do that, and he needs Ernie to take his word for it. Ernie asks what he wants him to do, and Bert reminds him of the crematorium. Bert's like, you want to burn them? He says you can't just burn animals alive. He then pulls his gun, offering to take them out in the parking lot and put the weasels out of their misery first, but Bert says he doesn't think that would work. This is the, may I see it? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Those aren't weasels. Another uh, no, <laughs> I'm starting to think. No. He's like, you ever see monkey shines? Yeah. <laughs> but Ernie does not understand at all. Bert and Frank sidle up to Ernie, and Bert asks his friend to swear to keep a secret. Ernie reluctantly swears, and the men gather around the bags, Bert finally admitting. It's not weasels in there. <laughs> what? Yeah. Get what? out of here. <laughs> I laughed because we obviously, the audience knows. Yeah. But when he says that there's a music cue. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're not? Yeah. <laughs> I thought he switched him out. But Ernie just smirks. But Bert says that he isn't kidding and tells him to take a look. Bert and Ernie? <laughs> <laughs> that had to be I don't it. How I did not the number of times yeah. I wrote these names. How that did not even click. Me either. Number of time I wrote these names. <laughs> Is Grover in that bag? Glover Glover? <laughs> no, Colonel Colonel Glover is a person okay. in the movie. Oh yeah. It's close. Glover. So I got too excited. <laughs> uh of all the Muppets to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it caught me. Sorry. <laughs> but Bert lifts up one of the bags and a yellow hand comes bursting out of it. Now, it is clearly a man with his hand painted yellow. <laughs> yeah. Holding a bag and putting his hand through it. <laughs> but it's fun. I yeah. love it. Who cares? I did read that this movie, they wanted to do it in 3D. And by the time they said they figured it was going to come out, uh -huh. the, the craze was dying. And they were like, never mm. mind. I'm glad. And you can die. That would, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> sure. It's coming right out. Yeah. Me. Absolutely. <laughs> but Ernie hops away and the arm falls to the floor. It suddenly seizes Ernie's ankle, causing him to scream and beg everyone to get it off of him. They do, ripping Ernie's pants in the process as he falls to the floor. Fuck all of y'all. Yeah. Yeah. For bringing this. Yeah. <laughs> we are no longer friends. No. Yeah. You got to get that shit and get out. No, I, don't, I don't want no part no. of whatever no. that is. Uh -uh. I was just trying to have my coffee. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but they toss the arm back into the bag. Frank whimpering as he ties it up. Frank is still horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> horrible condition. <laughs> Bert apologizes to Ernie and he and Freddie pull the mortician to his feet. 
Ernie sits down, fumbling for his pack of cigarettes, as Bert says they have a long story to tell him. I will say that that Ernie is shook, but I do like the responses that they're giving. Yes. The way the characters are behaving, I do I do enjoy that. Yeah. Bert clearly is still in kind of denial, but he's trying to take charge. Mm-hmm. Frank's just fucking... <laughs> he's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Frank has left the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie looks like he just doesn't feel good, and he's just trying to chug along behind him. Yeah. And I mean, again, Ernie, he's... What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. What is this? I feel like it's running the gamut of every reaction we yeah. can have yeah. to this. Yeah. But back in the graveyard, Chuck sits on the steps of a mausoleum smoking a cigarette as Casey complains about the party. It is funny to me that they are actively partying when the whole reason that they came here was to get Freddie to tell them where the party was at. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we're not going to wait. Yeah, we'll yeah. just make our own. Well, 10 o'clock was a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, It was like, what, 9, 16, yeah. five hours ago? Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was too much of an ask. <laughs> but Casey fans herself, asking what happened to trash and suicide. Chuck smiles, assuming they're probably making it sweet somewhere. He continues smiling at Casey, but she dashes his hopes immediately of them doing the same thing. To be fair, I also would have assumed that they were somewhere getting it in. Mm -hmm. Get it Um. in. (laughs) It's a graveyard. Have a little respect. (laughs) Well, she was already naked. She she was DTF. But suicide. Don't. He he needed somebody to reassure him. Yeah, he did. did. That's That's not what he was here for. No. I mean, but they don't know that. <laughs> no, they both. don't. So I would have assumed it could be both. <laughs> <laughs> I want to continue my script. <laughs> Casey asks when 10 o'clock is going to get here, and Chuck offers to take her somewhere if she wants to split. Casey smiles, saying that Chuck would really like to do it with her, huh? He smiles, copping to it, but she just tells him to go choke a chicken. A right. chicken or no, his chicken? I, oh, I was trying to move on. <laughs> It's a family show. <laughs> <laughs> or his chick. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I've got Don't go past it. <laughs> it's the whole page. It's just. <laughs> but Chuck, wounded, says that he was only kidding. Suicide emerges. Casey sarcastically remarking, oh, great. Here's your friend and mine. Suicide responds, Fuck you, ball buster. <laughs> he does He's not care. He's going through yeah. it, dude. <laughs> Someone be nice to him. <laughs> Why are y'all friends? What yes. The fuck? I don't understand. The, and they just use him, apparently. To drive yeah. them around. Yeah. I mean, he is mean, but is he mean because all they do is use him? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Honestly, dude, that's a lot of people to have in your car. <laughs> yeah. And Freddy's usually involved, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where does he even sit? <laughs> Someone's got to be sitting on his lap, I think. <laughs> The logistics of this car. (laughs) This is simply not safe. No. No. But among the graves, Spider just hangs out, throwing sticks, when Tina asks him what time it is. He tells her it's almost 10 p.m., and Tina says that she needs to get over and find Freddy because he should be getting off soon. I love how casually he says that it's 10 when the whole point of us coming here was to wait until 10. (laughs) I don't know, like 10. Who's Freddy? (laughs) (laughs) Right, wasn't he taking us to the party or something? That was the whole point. The whole point. But she tells the group not to go anywhere and walks through the trees alone back toward the medical supply building. The street is dark and desolate as she makes her way into the parking lot. 
The shots are wide, selling the emptiness of the street as Tina makes her way to the exterior door to one of the offices, ringing the buzzer outside. These shots I really appreciated. Yeah. Because this seems massive. Yeah. It feels so, yeah, like she is so isolated. Yeah. But we hear the buzzer echo inside of the empty warehouse as Tina grows impatient. Back in the mortuary, now aware of the whole story, Ernie tells his friend that he thinks he acted precipitously in cutting up the corpse. Bert says that he might be right, but he did it, so what are they going to do now? Yeah. I mean... You can't can't go back. (laughs) Ernie asks plainly, if he lets them use the retort, what's in it for him? Now, I learned today that the cremator is called a retort. Really? Interesting. Yeah. I I did not know that. Me neither. I I had to write this. (laughs) Good job. Thank you. I don't think I would have been in the frame of mind to ask, what am I getting out of this? No. I would be, I mean, like your whole concept of life is shattered. Yeah. Well, I think I would be like, look, after this, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know you. Yeah. Whatever, wherever you found that, somebody's going to come for you. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to be part of none of that. And if we're doing this, you're doing, I'm supplying the retort. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. (laughs) The rest is you. Yeah. I'm not going in there. I'm not touching Mm -mm. anything. I'm not looking at it. I'm, uh, this is my contribution. (laughs) I'm not looking at it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I was never here, y'all. And kick the door in. in. You You broke broke in. This had nothing to do with me. I'm finishing my coffee. Yeah. Yeah. But Bert asks what he wants, and Ernie says that the way he sees it, this is a pretty big favor, and Bert promises him anything he wants, which is not smart to do. No. I mean, he's desperate, though. Yeah, but I mean, that's still bold. Yeah. (laughs) Ernie cuts off the torn fabric of his pants to make them even, and Bert apologizes again. This must be his favorite pair or something. (laughs) (laughs) But Bert and Frank exchange quick, quiet words of worry as Ernie looks down at his pants. But when he returns upright... He just takes them to the crematorium without explaining what he wants. We cut to the retort, opening slowly, as the men stand behind Ernie, who just says, Yes, sirree, you're going to owe me a big one. He lights it up, flames traveling under the metal grates, as he promises that everything will burn. Bert asks about the bones, but Ernie tells him not to worry, saying the hardest thing to burn is actually the heart, because it's one big, tough muscle. Bert says that they can't have a heart just lying around, and Ernie says that he'll turn up the heat for the heart. <laughs> Don't worry about that. He's like, the, you let me worry about heart. <laughs> but Frank asks about the split dogs, but Ernie assures him that they'll burn too. He asks Bert for help putting the bags onto the grate, and Frank sits with Freddie, annoyed, saying, some big favor, I could operate that thing. This line leads to something later. Okay. And it wasn't in the script until the actor asked for it. Hmm. It's very interesting. Okay. But um, big payoff with that line. Yeah. <laughs> but Bert and Ernie load the bags, Ernie assuring him once again that they'll burn to ashes. Bert says that they don't even want ashes. So Ernie's like, yeah, okay, I'll burn those too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So beggars can be true. <laughs> <laughs> very good. We yeah. all learned something today. <laughs> But he slides the grate inside, the trash bags melting away as flames overtake them. But we watch as a cloud of toxic gas from the cremation rises out of the chimney. The theme from earlier playing as it does. I guess this is the gas's theme song. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Oh, no. Yeah. It really is. They said that they have these chimneys that were actually horizontal. Yeah. And they filmed them to look like it's rising vertically. Ah, okay. Okay. It looks great. Yeah, Yeah, it does. 
But we watch as it rises into the atmosphere, intermingling with clouds overhead until lightning flashes, thunder crackles, and it begins to rain. That was an assist. Like, yeah. like, y'all were in coots. <laughs> it's an alley-oop, I think. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> that happened pretty fast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I will say again, that looked really neat to me. No, it did. No, it, it did, but it was really fast. It was. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're raining now? God. Yeah. <laughs> rain must have already been in the forecast. <laughs> <laughs> but the camera follows the rain down into the graveyard, where the group responds quickly to rush back to the car. Trash is still naked, by the way but she snags her clothes and they all run away together. Bettina lets herself inside the warehouse to avoid the rain, calling out to Freddy. The group rushes to the car with a level of anguish, closing the top as quick as they can, but unable to close the windows as Suicide admits he doesn't have any. He busted them. <laughs> He's going through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I did that today. <laughs> you guys made me really sad. <laughs> Trash winces that her skin burns, and Casey says that it's like acid rain. Trash jerks a cloth away from Casey, wiping herself off, and as Suicide struggles to start the car, she wonders what was in that rain. I'm sure the group appreciates your little performances, and we, you know, we all do, <laughs> but maybe don't check the weather app. You know what I mean? Maybe make sure. Is, yeah, is there acid rain in the forecast? Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if we logged onto the weather thing and it's like a hundred percent chance of acid rain? <laughs> I'd keep my clothes on. Yeah. That's true. We wouldn't be dancing on gravestones or whatever. Yeah. No. But the camera returns to the graveyard, rain drenching the stone statues and the grounds. The music continues as we return to the mortuary. The camera pressing in on the retort, a light of fire burning in its windows as smoke leaks out of its sides. Ernie watches the rain from the windows, remarking that it's coming down like ein betrunken Soldat, or a drunk soldier in German. I don't... No, we just had to get him um, speaking German in there, right? Yeah. Apparently. Moving on, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> very fast, very fast. But we watch the rain seep into the ground, and the camera follows it down in a very neat shot, leaking into a grave, down into a casket, and onto the shoes of a corpse. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all see where this is going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Ernie clears the retort of the remnants, assuring them that it's all gone, even the heart. Bert is relieved, saying that they're home free and giving his friend a hug, telling him that he owes him one. Ernie assures him that he does. Bert rallies his men, telling them that they should get back to the warehouse and clean everything up. And we see that this ordeal has definitely taken its toll on Frank and Freddy, who appear <laughs> pale as death. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen better days. <laughs> like, is this? Does anybody else feel like yeah. shit? <laughs> Freddie says that he doesn't know about them, but he feels really sick. Bert sits down next to them, asking how they feel sick, and Freddie says that it's like his head is going to burst open. He wants to puke, and he's weak too. Frank chimes in that he's got the chills. He says it's that stuff that they breathed. Bert doesn't understand. But Freddy explains that when they cracked the canister open, they inhaled all the fumes and it knocked them out for a little while. <laughs> maybe lead with that. Yes. Yeah, maybe. Well, <laughs> he, Bert knows that they did it. Yeah. <laughs> they had to have breathed some of it. Yeah. He's like, and what fumes now? Yeah. It did make me laugh, too, because as he's trying to... Um, Tend to Frank. Mm -hmm. He literally sits in Freddie's lap, and Freddie's just like, <laughs> "Oh, he's done." There, yeah. <laughs> it's like this dude's sick too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Bert is annoyed, but says that he'll take both of them to the emergency ward. 
Before he can, Frank rises to his feet, rushing out of the room and the mortuary to vomit. Bert and Ernie pull him out of the rain as he screams that he needs to call his wife. They sit him down and Freddy joins him, Bert urging Ernie to call an ambulance. Ernie does as he was told, but he tells the dispatcher that they have two men who are poisoned here, but they don't know what kind of poison. Thunder crackles with some pretty perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> but once again, everything that you've seen tonight, he is extremely calm. Oh, yeah. On this phone call. <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's something horribly wrong yeah. with Frank and Freddie. But back in the car, suicide still can't start it. But Casey asks the group if they hear something. In a shaky, slowed down POV shot, something emerges from the gravestones, a frenzied heartbeat thumping. We then watch as cold, dead hands rip through the ground and reanimated bodies claw and crawl through the dirt. I loved that. Oh, brilliant. It looked really good, but you're, you're not going to crawl out of that. <laughs> There's a lot of dirt on I you. I mean, it's six feet. <laughs> yeah, but it's soft a lot from the acid rain. All right. Okay. All right. I don't know. I've never lived that. Yeah, right. I, know. I don't know. You don't. I don't know the acid rain life. No. I'm not. <laughs> We're not a part of that. No. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> but back in the car, a rip in the roof made worse by scuzz pours acid rain right into Trash's face. In the warehouse, Tina calls out to anyone who will listen, finding the place an absolute mess after the previous events. It's very clear that something really bad happened. Here. Yeah, very clear. It's just like, Freddy! <laughs> <laughs> but on the ground near the basement, she finds Freddy's lucky red hat and picks it up. <laughs> There's a lot of Simpson references. <laughs> yeah. My boy's a <laughs> But she calls out to Freddy, making her way down the stairs, the third step creaking as she does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The music grows eerie and ominous as she makes her way to the bottom, finding the army drum opened and reacting negatively to the stench. She then hears some shuffling and asks who's there. Out of the shadows steps Tarman, a zombie played by Alan Troutman. So Alan Troutman, mm -hmm. this was his first acting gig, and it, he went on to do stuff for the Muppets <laughs> for the show Dinosaurs. Like... <laughs> That's, completely other yeah. way with it <laughs> but this looks fucking cool it yes. does this looks amazing i and i'm i think what surprises me and maybe it's because we played that video game on sega saturn mr bones when we were kids yeah <laughs> you don't often see skeletons with eyes yeah so this is kind of this is kind of a new thing for me yeah for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah but it looks really cool. I love everything. I love the way he moves, the yeah. way he looks, the eyes. His he kind of slithers. He's got his own rhythm. He's <laughs> well, he's he's been very, through it. Yeah, yeah, he's very gooey. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. jelly, quite man. slimy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but after seeing him, we get an excellent dolly zoom shot on Tina as fright rests firmly on her face in a gasp. Tarman's tongue sticks out through his teeth as his lidless eyes stare at Tina, and he chokes out brains they can talk yes so uh, <laughs> i know we talked about that thing earlier, earlier yes yes um this is it this is that yeah this yeah they can talk and they've got a goal yes and they are <laughs> creative <laughs> you just wait <laughs> tina runs upstairs as he repeats it brains 
But as she rushes up the stairs, she crashes through the third step. Oh, that fucking step. (laughs) Tarman advances on her. On commentary, she had said that she really hurt herself crashing through that step. Oh, it looks painful. Yeah, it does. And she just keeps going. But it's like, is someone check on her, please? (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah. But out in the car, Suicide has grown tired of waiting on Tina and Freddie and rallies the entire group to go find them. <laughs> Why would we walk through the acid rain? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My note is, yes, let's run back into the acid rain. <laughs> well, I think the roof of his car isn't really holding okay. it anyway. Well, that's just on trash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just scoot over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have to <laughs> sit up front or whatever. <laughs> But in the warehouse, Tina struggles against the step, falling through it to the floor as Tarman mutters, live brain. It's like, all right. So we're, yeah. <laughs> we're specific. Yes. When you set a goal, you need to be specific about it. Yeah, but do you have to talk? Like we. <laughs> I did read, too, that they changed his voice. Oh, really? That in the original VHS, it was like high pitched and it kind of sounded like he was like choking on the tar. Okay. Oh, wow. And then here it's it's deep and like kind of gravelly. Uh-huh. But yeah, that they changed it. I thought that that was interesting. I think I, I don't know. I would like to hear the first one. Yeah. Because I was about to say, no, the deep one sounds yeah. better. <laughs> I don't no, know. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But he kind of sounds like uh, the one, the zombies from Creepshow. Yeah, you're right. With the, yeah. With the yeah. water. Yeah. The gravelly. Yeah. 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 I like it. With... Leslie Nielsen. (laughs) (laughs) But he shambles kind of rhythmically over to Tina as she hides in a nearby closet. She watches through the holes in the door, locking it by sticking a nearby pipe through the handle. So this was my first clue that they are clever. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Because not only is he speaking, but when she fell through the thing, this motherfucker turned around. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's downstairs. Yeah, he's like, no, the brain's that way. (laughs) But Tarman is smart. And he reaches up, snagging a chain and wrapping it around the handles of the door, pulling them to tear it open. The group makes it inside, including a partially clothed trash. They call out to Tina, who is going through it downstairs. The zombie works a pulley system, using its leverage to pull the doors open. <laughs> we're fine. Yeah, that's it. Jeez. If this is where we're yeah. at. Yeah. <laughs> Tina calls out to the group when she hears them, and they all rush downstairs, mindful of the missing step on the way. They all make it down just in time to see the chains pulling the door off its hinges. Suicide stands there confused, his eyes following the chain until his view is obstructed by a curtain. He tears the curtain away to reveal Tarman in all his glory, once again repeating, brains. He immediately snags Suicide with ease and takes a bite out of crime, and nay, by crime, <laughs> I mean Suicide's scalp. <laughs> But he grabs them like, finally. Yeah. He's like, this is all I wanted. <laughs> but Suicide screams in pain as Tina rushes toward the group. Spider throws a paint can at a feasting tar man who rises up <laughs> announcing more brains. Calm down. <laughs> Be grateful for what you got. Finish this yeah, brain. Say, you didn't even finish my friend. No. The finish the brain you have. You're wasting food. Yeah. And no one really seemed to care much that suicide got got. No. Well, no, because the car's ruined now, so we <laughs> yeah. can't use them That's for a ride. Yeah. Yeah. That's what wanted them for. And you know it because Tina ran right past yeah. <laughs> just to the group. <laughs> oh, it was just suicide. <laughs> Who's that guy? <laughs> 
But the group rushes upstairs, slamming the door behind them, Spider the only one holding the door, calling out angrily to his friends to help him bar it. But we cut to outside, where an ambulance finally arrives at the mortuary. They park outside, and out steps paramedic number one and paramedic number two, played by Drew Dayan and James D'Alessandro. The way that things were going, I was almost expecting the paramedics to be zombies. <laughs> just straight up? Yes. Already. <laughs> well, with what we just saw with Tarman. I, I mean... Why not? But Ernie lets them in, and they begin checking in on Frank and Freddy, who look a million times worse, now with dark circles under their eyes. The paramedics hilariously ask, who took the poison? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Really, dude? (laughs) Look at them. Those two shivering corpses right there. (laughs) I busted out laughing when I saw them because they're so drastically worse. Yes. Do y'all remember that episode of The Simpsons when Homer got sick? (laughs) Because he couldn't stop eating that sandwich. Duff Gardens. (laughs) And he's like, cool, like shaking. That's literally what they're doing. (laughs) But they check Freddy's eyes and ask him to stick his tongue out, and it pokes out of his mouth yellow. Bert explains that it was some kind of industrial chemical from a tank, but when they ask him where it came from, Bert says he's not sure. Dude! <laughs> yeah. Your that, friend is dying! Yeah. That's, that's weak. Well, your friend and your new hire. True. Yeah! <laughs> You're liable yeah. for all of this. <laughs> but they ask him if he can find out because his friend's lives may depend on it. Bert says that he has to make some phone calls, but he can't do that until the morning. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Somebody get up and bite him. Yeah. Like, that, that's yeah. crazy. This is, too, the first time, and I've been looking at Freddy the entire movie. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I realized that he looks like Dennis Reynolds. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I never even thought of that. I didn't either until we were watching it again. Uh-huh. And the part came up, and I was like, all right. He does. <laughs> Well, all the vital signs we're about to hear, there's definitely an implication. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But they take Frank and Freddy's vital signs, but they quickly determine that they're not getting any readings from their stethoscopes or sphygmomanometers. That's what they're called. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They switch sides, double checking each other's work, but still there's nothing there. No blood pressure and no pulse. What about just hearing that? Oh, no. It made me think of, I violated what law? (laughs) (laughs) Freddy looks very worried, as he should, and he asks what they mean, and they tell him to take it easy. But when they read their temperatures, they come back as 70 degrees, room temperature. I think it's pretty clear what they're saying. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The two paramedics take a step away from the group to chat things over together, Freddy frantically asking them what they're saying. But <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty clear that not, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I could think was the doctor and death becomes her when he's uh, checking yes! his stuff. <laughs> yeah. He just throws it in the yeah. trash. Yeah. <laughs> but back at the warehouse, the group has boarded up the door to the basement, Chuck lamenting that suicide is down there. But Scuzz says that he's gone. That thing ate his head. Everything downstairs goes silent, and Spider suggests that they need to call the cops, but Scuzz says that they can't. The cops are going to kick their asses. He's like, what did you... (laughs) (laughs) But Casey insists that they have to call somebody. Spider asks where Freddy is, but Tina says that he was gone when she got here and doesn't know. For some reason, the group rushes out into the rain again, sloshing through massive puddles and seeking cover in the graveyard under the overhang of a mausoleum. They huddle together, but groaning is heard over by the gravestones. 
Tina points to movement in the dirt, and we see a skeleton rise up from the ground, his jaw falling open, and again, somehow still having eyes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Party time. Zombie version. (laughs) (laughs) By 45, Grave begins to play as the group rushes away from each other in fear, stumbling through the graveyard as more corpses emerge from their graves. They accidentally leave Trash behind, who trips and falls through the water as she's wearing no shoes. She crumbles to the ground and is suddenly surrounded by a bunch of old men who get around her and start biting her and eating her alive. So she got what she wanted. She don't make a wish out loud. Yeah, <laughs> no. If you don't want it. The universe was listening. <laughs> uh-huh. Um poor trash has gotten nude in public for the last time. Well, <laughs> no. on this plane. Yeah. yeah. Um, this plane. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy for the zombies that they have their own <laughs> party song yeah dude yeah like this is our version <laughs> also eddie murphy's party all the time would have also worked that is fair. <laughs> as long as there's a zombie version yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah the zombie version there you go. <laughs> but back in the mortuary the paramedics tell frank and freddie that they have no pulse their blood pressure is zero over zero they have no pupillary response and their temperature is 70 degrees the reading of zero over zero was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you, you didn't move. Just, <laughs> you can't just say you have no blood. <laughs> zero over zero. Well, he reads all this and Freddie goes, what does that mean? <laughs> I think you know what that means. Son. <laughs> but again, we talked about death becomes her. Yes. I think that that doctor had an appropriate reaction to what he was seeing. True. These paramedics are just like, huh? That's you, weird. You try your stethoscope over here. It's like, no, dude. <laughs> well, what else can you think? I mean, they're talking, they're looking at you, they're whatever. They shouldn't be, but they are. And that's that's what they say. They say it's a puzzle because technically they're not alive, but they're conscious, so they have no idea what any of it means. It the- means it's time to fucking panic. <laughs> like, <laughs> I understand you got to be calm under pressure in these jobs, but... I'm fleeing into the acid rain. That's horrifying. <laughs> we have we left some things in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rest of our lives. <laughs> but Freddie asks outright if it means that they're dead, but they tell him not to jump to conclusions. I mean they're they're dead. I mean- yeah. <laughs> yes, you're dead. You are dead. But the paramedic says that he's not saying that they're dead because dead people can't move around and talk. But suddenly there's a bang at the door and the men hear a woman scream. Bert asks, what the fuck are they doing? Which was really (laughs) surprising (laughs) for the moment. Yeah. Because he goes, he goes, what's that? And Ernie goes, it's the front door. And he goes, what the fuck are they doing? (laughs) It's like, Jesus, man. But Ernie goes to check it out as the paramedics say that they'll snag a couple of structures for Frank and Freddie. They actually mean this. They aren't. Yeah. <laughs> They're not fleeing. No. no. But Ernie cautiously makes his way to the front door with his gun drawn, ripping it open and finding Tina, Spider, and Scuzz, telling them to freeze or they're dead. He asks if they're crazy or on PCP, and Spider assures him that they're not and just begs to be let inside. Ernie allows this but tells them no funny moves. But Ernie turns on the lights and Spider closes the door behind them, telling him that he needs to call the cops. Ernie responds in confusion, but Scuzz tells him to shut up and listen. As soon as he does, he hears the cacophonous wailing of the dead outside. Tina explains that the dead came up out of the ground and they're after them. She says their friends took off the other way and they're still out there. 
Cut to a camera gliding down to find Chuck and Casey running for their entire lives with the dead in quick pursuit. They rush through the rain and back into the warehouse, closing the door behind them. Casey asks where Trash is, and Chuck assumes that she went with the others. But outside the mortuary, the paramedics hear the screams of the dead splitting up to get the stretchers and phone it in on the radio. I I do want to say real quick that these groups of zombies Mm -hmm. get big fast. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Very quick. This rain is powerful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But number one switches on the headlights to find the entire ambulance surrounded by the dead. Wasting absolutely no time, a zombie wrenches the passenger door open and heads inside for him. You shouldn't be able to do that. No. no. Like, no. <laughs> I think that's that's the thing is like watching that movement was actually kind of scary. Yeah. It's not only is he surrounded, but the way he rips that door open, I'm like, oh, we're dead. There's yeah, nothing. Like, uh, yeah. like CJ on San Andreas. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just there trying to help do their job. Yeah. And then now, come on. No, it's yeah, not now there. We're But paramedic number one rushes out, only to be seized by the dead and pulled to the ground. Number two hears the commotion and steps out of the ambulance to check on his partner, but comes face to face with a large zombie. When he turns to run, he's seized by another, and then another dozen. Poor guy. It just, I, this, I don't know why, but I know this is a comedy horror film, but anytime that there's a swarm of zombies, you feel like this. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie's been hilarious, but I'm also scared. (laughs) (laughs) But back inside the mortuary, Ernie brings Bert to talk to the group, and they tell him about the dead rising from their graves. Tina says that there was also one of them in the warehouse. Bert asks which warehouse, and she tells him the medical supply warehouse. Bert just shouts, shit, shit. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she knows. (laughs) You knew. You knew. (laughs) It's like, come on. This this is embarrassing. What warehouse is across the street? (laughs) Where are we? (laughs) Ernie says that things are getting out of hand, and Tina only solidifies this point by telling him that there are hundreds of those things outside. But inside the warehouse, Casey tells Chuck that they need to call the cops, and they find a phone in Frank's office. As soon as Casey tries to get through to the operator, a zombie crashes through the office window, sending Casey and Chuck running. (laughs) That just wasn't fair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit, they're trying to use the phone? Get up! Yeah, get up! Quick, quick, quick! (laughs) But back at the mortuary, they ask to use Ernie's car as a getaway, but they learn that the clutch is shot, so Bert suggests that they use the ambulance. They all rush into the embalming room where Tina finds Freddy and rushes over to him. She kisses him on the cheek, but after hugging him and looking at him for a moment, asks what they did to him. I'd be like, Freddy, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You look like you... I, yeah. I would have stopped in my tracks. He's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Say this is after one shift? <laughs> I don't think this is a good fit. <laughs> and I'm sorry, this doesn't look like anyone has done this to you. No. <laughs> you just look very sick. <laughs> the call is coming from inside yeah. the house for sure. <laughs> But Ernie heads outside, cautiously making his way around the ambulance when he finds it deserted with no sign of the paramedics. He checks the driver's side door, but when he closes it, he finds a legless zombie played by Jason Novak tucking into the head of paramedic number one. Ernie screams, firing on the zombie with his gun. It takes the bullets like nothing, rolling over and pursuing Ernie as he runs away, the zombie almost slipping in the mud. 
So I heard in a featurette that Jason Novak was a street performer Mm -hmm. and he was hired when somebody literally found him on the streets of Los Angeles performing. Okay. And so they gave him this part and they had asked him to use prosthetics to run after um, Ernie, Mm -hmm. but he refused. Right. And so what we get is a very, very interesting and memorable visual. Yeah. And Jason Novak made the right call oh yeah. No, yeah i'm i was gonna say i'm glad he said no yeah yeah because this again it like you said it is a comedy horror uh-huh but that's fucking terrifying and yeah. again zombies they're in all different shapes sizes whatever they're fucking half dead yeah half of them are decayed half of them are some of i was them gonna are say some are fresh I mean, they're in, oh, yeah they're in all different stages mm-hmm. so i mean it fits right in and it looks fucking it looks great But Ernie returns to the embalming room, shutting the door and closing the drapes, freaking the fuck out. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) But it was funny to me because he's acting like Frank now. (laughs) He's like, I get it. Yeah, he's like, all right, all right. (laughs) Give me that blanket. (laughs) But the group asks him what's going on, and he tells them frantically that they're all over the cars. He says it's horrible. The paramedics are dead. He says they can't take the cars and they need to call the police. Surfing Dead by the Cramps begins to play <laughs> as the group follows Ernie to his office, only to discover that the phone is dead in there. The music is pretty upbeat for what's happening. Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but they head into the foyer where zombies are attempting to break through the front door. Ernie blasts at them with his pistol, then gets the group to help him grab a large wooden cabinet to block the door. Well, don't shoot the glass more. <laughs> He's like, here, get in. Yeah. <laughs> Let me help you just a what little. What side yeah, are you on? <laughs> well. Well, piece of shit. Yeah. But they find a hammer and nails to reinforce it as Scuzz and Bert beat the shit out of the zombies trying to get in through the windows. They really wanted to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> but they rush over to the windows in the chapel to do the same. But before they can, zombies crash through the stained glass. Now he he tells them when this happens that he's they're boarded from the outside. Yeah. But one of one of them breaks. You can see that there's bars on them. Why would you worry about these? You, you're not going to get through those bars. Yeah. Because he was pretty stressed in there. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just close the doors. Leave yeah. this. Whatever. The chapel is yeah. lost. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's <it>. gone. <laughs> but outside, Radio Corpse Number Two, played by John Durbin is really living his best life halfway through the head of paramedic number one, picking up where the other zombie left off. But the radio in the ambulance chirps on and he gets up to answer it. In a deep voice, he says, come in, dispatch. Send more paramedics. No. (laughs) No, it's a lot. This is a moment where I'm like, you're trying me right now. No, yeah. (laughs) Not these zombies not only speaking in full and complete sentences, mm-hmm. but <laughs> scheming. Yeah. <laughs> this is a plan. It is. And I and I gave it some time because earlier we heard him talk and whatever. And uh-huh. I don't think I like the smart zombie. I, I don't. It, it, it was that. Uh-huh. A couple of times when they do it, it's like, mm. it's like all right, all right. All right. I'll let it slide. But then, it, you know, it's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'd prefer him not to be able to plan stuff. Uh-huh. But, I, <laughs> but all right. Because, yeah, there have been words, but not not like yeah, this. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, the, and the pulley system was a lot, too. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> yeah. That's bold. 
I also, I don't know if it's this scene or not, but on commentary, they said that the zombie extras were paid, I think, an extra $5 to eat real calf brains. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's just that's, five bucks. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> I read somewhere, I don't know if this is true, but they had said that Dan O'Bannon convinced them to do it by doing it himself. Okay, then that's you not know, bad. So yeah, that's you fine. should never ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself. True. So yeah. I respect it. No, yeah. Isn't that... Am I thinking of Clue, or is that really a delicacy somewhere? There's the world's a big place. I yeah, know. I mean, I'm sure it is. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I'd try it. Really? If, he he would try. Yeah, it. if if it's safe to eat and it's okay, yeah, I don't want to try. I don't want to taste what anything's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you guys enjoy it. I, <laughs> I told you I had ac- somebody uh, like fed me a piece of a tongue when I was a kid and I had never had tongue before yeah. and I freaked myself out because I was like it, I'm tasting it as it's tasting me and I didn't want any part yeah. of it. <laughs> the snack that tastes back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but inside the group continues barricading all the windows rushing back to the embalming room after they've finished. Tina cries as she holds Freddie in her arms, asking what's wrong with him and the other man. She hasn't met Freddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not his uncle. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much of your family no, you yeah. mean. <laughs> <laughs> when you're dating, I don't know how long what been together. What stage are we at? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider says that it's time Bert told him what the fuck is going on. But Bert says he doesn't have to tell them anything. And he calls him a dick brain, which... Yeah, not yeah. dick brain. Why are you acting like that? He's changed. Is it from, yeah. <laughs> from guilt because all of this is your fault? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yes. But Scuzz pulls a switchblade on him, telling him that he should. Bert finally explains it to them. A chemical somehow seeped into the graveyard and reanimated the corpses. They ask him how this could have happened, and he says that he doesn't know. But he promptly b- <laughs> blames Frank and Freddy for releasing it from the container. <laughs> He's like, but they did it. Yeah. Freddy says that he breathed it in, and so did Frank. Spider asks, what did it do to you, Freddy? Which is hilarious because look at him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say right there. <laughs> he's like, all this. Yeah. <laughs> but Freddy says that he's freezing and his muscles are stiffening up, which is interesting because we learned about that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ernie leans in, intrigued now, as Freddy describes his symptoms. He lifts Freddy up against his protest and screams in pain, asking Spider and Tina to raise his shirt. On his back is a large bruise, which Ernie explains is blood pooling up. That's lividity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the next note. Is that lividity? <laughs> <laughs> but he leans Freddy back down nice and easy into Tina's arms and very reluctantly says that it looks like rigor mortis is setting in. Freddy is confused, but Scuzz puts it simply. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, finally somebody had the decency. <laughs> we're friends. I feel like I can be open with you. Yes, you know I wouldn't lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be honest. But he says Freddie is gonna turn into one of those things out there. Everyone goes into a frenzy, but Ernie calms it down. When everyone is silent, they hear another ambulance pulling up in the back of the building. I was like, oh yeah, that zombie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? It's the dispatcher's like, yes, sir. Deep voice we don't yeah. recognize. Yeah. <laughs> right away. Whoever you are. You got it, boss. Right, Brad, is that you? Uh, like, do what? you have a cold? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the paramedics step out into the rain, rushing over to the other ambulance, only to be immediately tackled and eaten by a swarm of waiting zombies. Two things. One, the fact that the plan worked is hilarious. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But the speed at which they take these paramedics. Yeah. I I was both frightened, but also laughed out loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but Spider says that they're going to kill everybody who comes here. They rush out, though, when they hear the zombies breaking through the barricades in the other room. Spider, Bert, Ernie, and Scuzz keep them at bay, Scuzz trying to board the window up again, but a skeletal hand grabs him, pulling him through and taking a chunk out of his head. Blood sprays everywhere as the corpse's torso is dislodged from its body, and it falls inside with Scuzz still going to town. The men remove Scuzz from its grasps, but determine that Scuzz is dead. Ernie turns the corpse over, saying that she actually looks better now after eating Scuzz. Ernie takes the half-corpse with them to the embalming room. Again, though, just like suicide, nobody seems upset. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like, well, damn. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What I did notice, and I'm glad you brought suicide up, is that he did get bit Uh and he has not changed. He has not become a zombie. He's not showing symptoms of getting back up. He's just dead. That's interesting. So this really all came from that chemical. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like... It's not like that. Yeah. God damn it, Frank. (laughs) (laughs) But they put her on a table, examining her. They tie her down, and her head moves around, looking at them. Ernie leans in, asking if she can hear him. The half-corpse, voiced by Cherry Davis, answers, yes. Ernie asks her why she eats people, and she says, not people, brains. As her spine wriggles around, she says, only brains. He asks her why, and she howls, the pain, the pain of being dead. The men react to this, Ernie lamenting that it hurts to be dead. So this is a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is difficult. Like, she's tortured. Mm -hmm. It's very sad. It is interesting, like, hearing her vocalize that. She looks amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I do think that we've already learned from Freddie that it hurts to be dead. (laughs) I don't think that this is new information. And (laughs) it's wild to me that Ernie is able to Dr. Phillip and be like, well, how does that make you feel? You're talking to a reanimated corpse that eats brains (laughs) whose spine is just out and about. like Leaking fluid. Leaking fluid. And you're just like, so what's that like? Like, that is wild to me. Well, you got to see how the other half lives. (laughs) 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 Or doesn't live. That's true. (laughs) But I mean, I know I just two seconds ago said about I didn't like the talking or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. That's the only reason I will. I was like, okay, it does kind of give in or it creates that lore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's like, oh, okay, that's an explanation. I'll accept that. That's fine. And this is just flat tragic. Yeah. Yes. And you feel sympathy for these monsters. Yeah. It's interesting. And it, it kind of well, like, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, it, it gives them the motivation for why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And then Ernie had even said earlier that the rigor starts in the brain. I mean, like it tracks. But the corpse says that she can feel herself rot. But as JP said, spinal fluid leaks from her. And she says that eating brains makes the pain go away. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, get her some brains, stack. Because <laughs> I did feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> but we talked about Tony Gardner earlier. Mm-hmm. He created and co-operated this puppet. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about some of his career highlights. All right. One of them is, and I've never seen this film, but it comes up a lot on Talk Mortem for some reason. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll end with that one. All right. So Tony Gardner was on the makeup team for Michael Jackson's Thriller video. Very nice. 
That was, I think, his first credit. Okay. But he would go on to have an incredible career. He's still working on pretty big things. Yeah. But he did everything from The Lost Boys and The Craft Ooh. to Stir of Echoes Okay. and Freaked. Hey, hey, all right. <laughs> I knew that would. <laughs> You're like, I knew that yeah, was yeah, the there. We go. <laughs> That's the closer. Well, that that movie's got some fucking crazy effects going on. In there. I've never seen it's it. It's wild. Yeah. But things get a little too weird for Spider, and he says that he needs to talk to Bert and Ernie out of earshot of the zombie, so they head into the hall. Spider asks how they can kill them, but Bert and Ernie say that you can't. They're not living things. They're animated. You can chop them up into pieces and the pieces will still come after you. I love that there's this heartfelt moment with this zombie with this corpse. Yeah. And everybody's starting to feel bad for her. And Spider's like, how the fuck do we kill that? (laughs) Oh, no, she's still got to go. Let's be clear. We can cry for her later. (laughs) And he's a thousand percent right. Yeah, No, he is. But he says that all you can do is burn them until there's nothing left. Spider asks how they can possibly burn them all. There are hundreds of them. And Bert says that that's the real question. But in the graveyard, emerging from the dirt in slow motion, tonight we'll make love till we die, playing lowly. (laughs) Once again. (laughs) Trash rises naked and undead, reaching her hands up to the acid rain. Okay, naked zombie queen. Yeah. (laughs) I love that she got to have her theme song... As she was reborn. Right. I'm just happy for her. In the rain. Yes. In the rain. (laughs) But outside the medical supply building, an unhoused man with a shopping cart played by William Stout, the production designer. (laughs) Very cool. Makes his way across the parking lot. Smoke surrounds him and through it, trash emerges. Her theme song still playing (laughs) in low echoes as she walks toward him as if down a runway. She looks like Mystique in the fog. That's, yeah. Yeah. I never. Yeah. Good, good. In the fog. <laughs> yes. In, yeah, the, in fog. the fog. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Only. The face is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> but he stands frozen in fear until she lunges at him, chomping down on his head. She didn't waste any time. No. No. And she kind of adopted a Ronald McDonald film with the <laughs> super red hair and the very, very white face. It's uh, yeah. It's almost Blue? vampire. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I love how you went straight from Ronald McDonald, but it's also <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to. We can yeah. be two things. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> it's a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I read in Fangoria that it took three people and three hours to paint her. Damn. Damn. They had said that she had to stand there and let it dry so that it wouldn't crack. And then because it's raining, she's freezing. Yeah. Yeah. But she can't put anything on because it'll smudge the paint. (laughs) So it was just a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But at the police station, a dispatcher played by Lee Drake sits at her desk. She calls in the two missing ambulances and calls for responding units to check their status in the area where they were dispatched. But back in the warehouse, Chuck sits with a crying Casey. He asks if she thinks that they'll rescue them. Casey says that they better. Chuck asks again, but do you think they will? (laughs) (laughs) Casey just sobs, and she admits that she never liked Chuck, but asks him to hold her tight, and he does. Damn. I mean, it's... (laughs) Honesty is the best policy. It yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that's what I want to hear right before we die. It's like, all right. <laughs> if I could be dying with anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Wow, dude. 
<laughs> Damn, Casey. We've been friends for <laughs> yeah. 10 years. Right this whole time, I thought we were cool. <laughs> but back in the embalming room, Freddie shakes violently in Tina's arms as Bert concocts a plan. I really don't mean to laugh every time that Freddie <laughs> or Frank are on screen, but oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bert says that it would be wise to quarantine Frank and Freddie, and Tina responds furiously, calling Bert a bastard. I And I get it. I appreciate, and I would hope you'd want to stay with me. But here's the thing. Hmm. If I'm responsible for this mess, and I look like that, just go find me help. <laughs> Please just go find me get help. Get out of here. I don't have a pulse. I don't, there's, you know, not, not, I'm, I'm dead. That, that was my note. I love love. But you have my permission to to go seek. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> please go find help. <laughs> please don't stay don't here stay. with me. No. <laughs> but Spider suggests that Bert has a good idea, and Ernie says that they should take them to the chapel. Bert and Ernie carry Frank, and Tina and Spider follow behind with Freddy. Both deadish men screaming the entire way. They lay them on the carpet in the chapel. Spider saying that they should just leave and get out, but Tina refuses to leave Freddy. Bert says that they'll need to lock the door, but Tina says that she's staying behind. She cradles Freddy as the men leave and lock the door behind them. Two cops, played by Robert Craighead and Paul Cloud, arrive on the scene, making note of the two abandoned ambulances. They step out of their car, cautiously investigating the area with their guns drawn. They find paramedic number one with his brains leaking out of his head. They're suddenly surrounded by zombies, and... <laughs> The line delivery is really hilarious to me <laughs> because the cop was clearly frightened immediately because he goes, freezer, I'll blow your fucking brains out. <laughs> and it's like, it was way too fast. That's scary, it dude. Is scary, but There's a lot of them. <laughs> I think I'd be too scared to talk or I, I don't know. It just hit me. It hit me just right. I did notice and it was funny to me how the rain is only acid sometimes. Yeah. It wasn't bothering them at all. No, they're no. not like, God damn. <laughs> is your hand all right? <laughs> <laughs> but they begin firing and they're overtaken immediately ernie spider and bert watch from the window with ernie remarking that everyone who comes into this place gets swallowed up radio corpse number two played by david bond leans into the police car <laughs> snatches up the radio and tells dispatch send more cops so this is another this is a different zombie, zombie. yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> They're like, that was a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ordering Uber Eats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the first time I was like, really? But when it happened the second time, I'm like, oh, it's a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit and I love it. <laughs> But Spider asks what they're going to do instead of just waiting around. He uses more coarse language, but this is a family show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bert suggests that they get to the cars, but Spider says that there are corpses all over the cars. Ernie suggests the crawl space in the ceiling, saying that they could go up there and barricade themselves inside. He says the only way up is through the hatch and they could nail it shut. Spider says that there's no way in hell. He'd rather take his chance with the cars. But Bert says that they need to find a way to fight them. This is when Ernie reaches for an item on the shelf, a jar of nitrous acid. Bert says that there isn't enough of it, and Ernie just looks at it. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> he does. Like, what happened? So quite, you, you can see there's, there's only not, a little bit yeah. of it. It was not much at all. <laughs> 
But in the chapel, a pinkish liquid oozes from the mouths of Frank and Freddy as they writhe and scream. Tina cries as Freddy grows calm. He says that he finally sees the one thing that can relieve this horrible suffering. Tina asks what it is, and Freddy just says, live brains, and reaches for his girlfriend. Didn't we? Like, what did you think he was going to say? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Your love or something like that? Like yeah. one kiss? Some brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah Some... Like a... <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I can't believe no, this. No. <laughs> I can't. God damn it. I feel better too after that. <laughs> We're just trying to... A I little decorum believe... <laughs> is all. I am shocked. I am shocked and appalled. <laughs> right. Rick Morris is coming back. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys are... I'm upset. <laughs> I can't believe it. I can. <laughs> you show up. To have some fun. <laughs> you work all, all day on the script. <laughs> I'm surprised he, he Honestly, yelled up for his no, last He was waiting for so his moment. <laughs> It's like, no, there's one that's really good. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> He's patient. You got to give him that. <laughs> but with renewed vigor and slobber dripping from his mouth, he pursues a screaming Tina. Bert, Spider, and Ernie come to the rescue when they hear her screaming, beating the shit out of Freddy. He seems incapacitated, but when he lurches up again, Ernie throws all of the acid into his face and drops the jar. He was waiting to use that. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it, it made me think of a specific character in the faculty using a lot of... Don't know too much scat. <laughs> we don't have any more of it. <laughs> All I could think of was when that lady threw the acid in Francine's face. <laughs> American <Yeah. laughs> That was wild. Yeah. That, was, that was a lot. <laughs> But they shut the door and barricade it. Spider carries Tina back to the embalming room and is overcome with emotion at the sight of a dead Freddy. Ernie slaps him twice, once with both hands, correcting him calmly. He's not Freddy. (laughs) 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 I feel like the double slap was too much. Yeah. Yeah. They said, I think it was only scripted as one slap, but they slapped him twice and it actually made his nose bleed. Oh, shit. But then he turned to the camera and he was like, did you get that? So, <laughs> okay. I mean, he's cool with it. A yeah. pro. Yeah. But suddenly, the corpse on the table begins writhing, begging for brains. All the barricades in the building seem to be breaking down, and so the men go to reinforce the front door, and Ernie tweaks his ankle in the process and has to be carried back to the embalming room. I say he tweaks his ankle. I literally watched this twice, and you don't really see anything. No. no. Nothing really happens. <laughs> no. And what he says in a minute is hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like when they're moving the thing against the door, yeah. he might step wrong, but it doesn't even look like it's that bad. No. He's like, no, it's over. Not- <laughs> Leave me behind. <laughs> but Bert says they have to get to the cars. Once they get inside and drive away, they'll be fine. Ernie says that he can't get that far, though, telling them that his foot is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so again... His, he must have come to work with a broken foot already. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that You've makes sense. You've been on that all night. <laughs> you know what it was? Hmm. It was because his pants tore and he had to rip off the, like, the oh, rest. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but Freddy bursts through the chapel door, his mouth 
it's just gross yeah it is and i love the zoom on it it's like you know we already saw it okay (laughs) but the men plot that the police car should still have the keys in it and they realize the motor is still running even bert says that when they get to the car he'll drive which spider is annoyed by for some reason it doesn't it shouldn't matter yeah yeah it really shouldn't but he instructs tina and ernie to open the door for him and slam it shut after he's outside ernie reminds him that favor he owes him Watch his ass out there. Aww. 25 years. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bert smiles and he tells them to open the door. They wrench it open and he and Spider rush outside, busting their way through zombies to make it to the car. They get inside, rushing through the zombies with the siren wailing, but the car is surrounded. They reverse quickly and drive away. Tina screams from the slot of the door that they've left them behind, but Ernie says that they had to. He assures her that Bert will send help. He really believes in Bert. Yeah. Well, I mean, even... <laughs> but they've known each other for a long time. They have. So I would at least hope, okay, I know you've got to send help. You would you've, hope. You've got to please send help. But it also, on the other side, Tina's like, fucking Spider! Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but Spider's the one that's like, no, no! Yeah. 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 But and you would even that, though. So we both lost a friend... Mm-hmm. one of them has got to be, hey, we've got to go back. For yeah. Them. yeah, we've got to go back for them. But in the car, Bert assures Spider that they'll send help. But Spider calls bullshit, saying that those are his friends back there. Bert assures him that they had to bail, but promises that they'll send help. He calls Bert a coward, but Bert just says, fuck you. OK, <laughs> he's like become way more coarse as the yeah. film has yeah. gone on. He's under a lot of stress. Yeah. <laughs> In a POV shot, they crash through the cemetery gates and into the street. Once there, another horde of zombies meet them and rush toward them. Bert evades them, driving back to the warehouse, losing control of the car and crashing into a pair of zombies. With the car now on fire, the two men bail out and head inside to find Chuck and Casey. Spider laments that the car is totaled, but Bert says his car is still outside and so is Frank's. The fire begins to rage outside, and Spider looks through the window, remarking, Not anymore. But back in the mortuary, Freddy wreaks havoc in the halls, just fucking up the place. He's mad about the eye thing, huh? <laughs> he, yeah. yeah <laughs> about was... the eye thing? <laughs> about getting acid thrown in his eyes? Yeah, he's that was pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty well, salty. All right. <laughs> I did want to mention his jacket. Huh? Because it says, fuck you on the back. What? Yeah. I didn't notice it until after he turned. But it says, fuck you, on the back of his jacket. And I read that they reshot parts for a TV version Mm -hmm. where the back of his jacket literally says television version. (laughs) (laughs) It fits. It's (laughs) It's so in line with all of this. That's fantastic. But in the embalming room, Ernie puts his plan into action, pulling out a ladder and climbing into the ceiling with Tina. Freddie bursts in, screaming for Tina. And in an oddly somber moment, we just cut to the crematorium. Yeah. Frank finds his way inside, starting the fire in the retort. He takes off his wedding ring, kissing it, and places it on the outside of the machine. He kneels down, asking for forgiveness before climbing inside, closing the door, and letting the flames envelop him. He screams violently as he dies. So this was a tone shift. Yeah. I was like, we were just having so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. But but I respect his decision. Yeah. I, I don't want to be whatever's going on there. I see what 
happened to Freddie. Uh-huh. No, I'm no, I'm good. Freddie is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on the fast track. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know that that's what's next. I did see on a featurette that the actor had said that this was his idea. Mm hmm. Because you remember earlier when he's like, oh, you know, mm. this favor, I could operate this thing. Yeah, yeah. He said that because whenever they were going to rewrite it into the script for this scene to happen, it was because he told Dan O'Bannon, he's like, I'm too old to be out here in the rain like this. Oh. He's like, this is, he goes, it's uncomfortable. I'm they not said having... it was so cold, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, man. So they wrote this in so he didn't have to continue doing that. All right, all right. Well, it's haunting it is like it's so sad and i feel like this film does a really good job of like yeah we're having fun and um make love till we die and you know it's it's all a great time but these people are really being killed you know what i mean like it's like let's not forget that there's some real shit going on we can have fun while we talk about it but this is happening Mm -hmm. we have a lot of fun at the return of the living (laughs) 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 dead but but we're here to talk to you about But it does. It takes you back to the um, the torso on the thing. Yeah. yeah. Where it's just sadness and tragic. And it this is. Yes. But a police helicopter flies overhead as a row of police cars file in front of the mortuary. One of the zombified officers hails them in with his flashlight, only for all the cars to be swarmed by zombies. <laughs> Top ball just rolled his eyes. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Again, I I come say, on. Are they, are they flying the helicopter? <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter pilot, played by Dan O'Bannon, the writer and director of the film, <laughs> says that they've got a bad situation here, and he announces over the loudspeaker Attention, this area is under police blockade. All persons in this area wishing to surrender should make their way to the perimeter at once. Bert, Spider, Casey, and Chuck watched from the window of the warehouse, Chuck remarking that shit is hitting the fan. Bert says that they need to let them know that they're in here and rushes for the office phone, but it's stopped by Casey, who tells him that there's a zombie in there. He says he'll just go to the basement instead then, but Spider stops him again, telling him that there's an ugly, slimy corpse in there too. Come on, man. It's just a uh, suicide. <laughs> <laughs> it's torment. <Yeah. laughs> Come on. Like, and your, suicide. Yeah. <laughs> it's your friend. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Jeez. You really were using him for his car. Yeah. <laughs> Bert, however, doesn't care and says that they need to get to the phone. He grabs a baseball bat and tells Spider to open the door. Back in the embalming room's attic, Tina and Ernie listen as Freddy pleads with them. He says he had to hurt himself to get out whenever they locked him up, but he forgives Tina for it. He says he knows she's here because he can smell her brains. She tells him to go away, but he tells her that he's coming up. Ernie holds her as she cries and screams for Freddy, but Freddy says that she made him hurt himself again, and this time his hand is completely off. (laughs) (laughs) Freddy is really... uh narrating yeah <laughs> doing the the manipulation thing but i laughed out loud when he's like it's completely off <laughs> yeah. he's like it's not even it's not, <laughs> it felt like a skit yeah <laughs> it's completely off now <laughs> but he says it's okay because he loves her so he forgives her again but he says that she's gotta let him eat her brain <laughs> it's like <laughs> i mean i get it this is the deal. Even trade. yeah it's all right <laughs> one hand one brain this is how <laughs> But Ernie holds the gun in a really odd way because it almost looks like he's pointing it at Tina. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought the same thing. I thought this was in now in retrospect learning, the, you know, the assholery. Yeah. 
this would have been the, the turning point. Yeah. Yeah. To show that. But no. Right. But in the warehouse, they pry the door open to the basement, and as soon as they open it, Tarman slithers out, muttering, brains. They knock his block off without incident and head down into the basement. <laughs> That's what he set out yeah. to do. I mean, <laughs> for as formidable as he seemed, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, the movie's ending. Yeah. <laughs> right, we gotta wrap, wrap it, it up. <laughs> yeah, 90 minutes, he said, great, great. But they sneak past Suicide's corpse, Bert closing the army canister and finding the phone to call the police. He gets in touch with the tax squad captain, played by Bob Libman. He tells them that they're trapped in the medical supply building, and the captain asks what the hell is going on in there. Bert explains that a bunch of people in the cemetery who are stark, staring mad, will kill you and eat you if they catch you. He says it's like rabies, only faster. He says that that's why he needs them to get them out of here now, but the captain can't hear him anymore. The sounds of the approaching dead fill the area as they storm the police barricade. The officers fire at them, but are quickly overtaken. Trash even joins the fray, feeding on the head of the captain as everything goes wild. She's kind of Pennywise now, huh? She's shifting. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Ronald McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a start. A that was a, start. <laughs> yeah, a vampire. It's a journey. Yes. But Bert hears the sound of violence over the phone and tells the group that the zombies have overrun the police. He takes it really well. Yeah. It's just like Gordon Ramsay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Uh, gotta try something else yeah honestly at this point it's like of course they did yeah Yeah. of course well you've seen all the shit that was happening in the front door yeah you know what i mean so So, yes it's par for the course yeah but bert decides to call the army from the number on the side of the tank he gives his name to the responding voice and is asked to stay on the line from the view of a satellite we hear the call redirected to colonel glover and we find him asleep in bed His phone buzzes and he takes the call in bed, sitting up and asking for the call to be put through. He connects with Bert, getting all the details about the tank, the breach of the gas, and the following events. Ethel sits up worried behind her husband as he writes down everything Bert tells him. I thought it was funny because he asked him, he was like, well, why didn't you contact us sooner? Mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> you, you, you understand There's, what? Yeah. Well, I was fucking scared, dude. Yeah. <laughs> For 14 years? Yeah. <laughs> understandable. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But Glover asks Bert how many zombies there are and how many acres the cemetery covers. These are not good questions. No. no. He thanks Bert for his assistance and transfers the call. We watch as Glover opens up his cabinet in his office, retrieving a printout and sits down at his phone, dialing in. He tells the person on the other end that he's sorry to disturb them at this hour, but it appears they're at Q2 status, and it looks like they've found that lost consignment of Easter eggs. This is when I'm starting to get very worried about the contingency plan. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It made me laugh because when he got woken up, his pajamas were monogrammed, and then he put on a robe and it was monogrammed. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. But the fact that, like, wow. <laughs> the decision that is about to be made was done so calmly and so flippantly that he can casually get out of bed, put on his robe, shuffle into the next room, like, mm-hmm. chilling. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, we. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. But he says they've turned up in Louisville, Kentucky. He says it would be good news, but it seems that the eggs have hatched. That doesn't sound good. No. Mm-mm. Quit using code words. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> it's too scary. But in the basement, Spider asks what's going on. 
Bert explains that it seems they've been waiting for this to happen and that the army apparently has some kind of contingency plan to deal with it, like you said. Mm-hmm. Casey is excited to hear this, but we then see a gunnery sergeant of the mobile artillery, played by Derek Bryce, answer a call at his station, receiving an order and writing it down on a sheet of paper in front of him. He writes down the code numbers, Archimedes, Hot Dog, Rhubarb, Niner, Zero, Niner. He types a code into his system, and we watch as a missile is aimed and armed. It is fired promptly, and Bert can hear whistling, asking the others if they can hear it too. At the same time, Freddy bursts through the attic door in a freeze frame, calling out to Tina. So this is the other freeze frame I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And I saw on a featurette that the reason that they froze this frame is because when he bursts through, there was a two by four that was keeping that closed and it falls and hits the actor right on the head. <gasps> oh. And he was having, he had to get taken to the hospital. Oh my oh. God. Yeah. They're like, so, we got to yeah. use that thing. <laughs> yeah. We only have one door, dude. Yeah. But for, for what's coming, it fits. It the does. The freeze yeah. frame fits. It feels because they, they did the same thing on The Simpsons. Whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another treehouse of horror, remember? <laughs> I've wasted my life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was treehouse of horror. I think I'm mistaken. It doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> it's very late. <laughs> Let's yeah. move on. They're going to come for me. Yeah. <laughs> my credentials are gone. That's it. But Trash and the other undead stare up into the sky as the sun rises. We see the skyline of Louisville engulfed in a flash of white before giving way to a mushroom cloud. It is July 4th, 5.01 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. So they are in time for the barbecue. Yeah. That is so bleak. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And dark. Yeah. This entire ending, my jaw dropped. Yes. I... Literally, dude, all of our protagonists are dead. Yeah. Yeah. All of this. It was for nothing. Yeah. That's it. But still on his phone, Glover applauds the swiftness of the strike, saying it was very close to optimal placement with only 20 square blocks destroyed. He says only 4,000 dead, and he tells the general on the phone not to worry about the fires because the rain is taking care of that right now. Is it, though? Mm. Is it? (laughs) We'll learn. He says, while there have been complaints about burning skin, that's a big complaint. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's not something to sweep under the rug. I think that's a concern. (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) You can't just, uh, yes. (laughs) Or whatever. Yeah, no big deal, no big deal. He says it's nothing to worry about. Yeah, he does. But the camera dips down from the rain and into the graveyard as Glover says that the rain will wash everything away. As the rain drips down into the ground and into a casket, Glover remarks that he knows that the president will be going to Louisville tomorrow. And he chuckles at something said to him on the phone, replying, No, we wouldn't want that to happen, sir. In POV shots of the dead, and in reused shots of a skeleton emerging from the ground. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Why you gotta call him out? Well, it's like, we like it. Yeah. <laughs> so nice we did it twice. <laughs> Glover says that this experience hasn't been pleasant for anyone, and wishes the general a good night. The skeleton's jaw opens as party time, zombie version, (laughs) by 45 Dead plays again, and the credits roll over previous scenes from the film. So, what did you guys think of Return of the Living Dead? I really enjoyed the shit out of this movie. I won't lie, 
the reuse at the end. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> like, really? Yeah, maybe give us uh, some <laughs> them doing something else or yeah. more zombies shuffling around or something. They're like, but enough it, time has passed. Yeah. <laughs> it was the same rain inside the castle. Yeah, the same shoe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was like, we've seen <laughs> this. But, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, the talking zombies are not my favorite, but I feel like any time there was one of those, all right, calm down. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whenever there was any any one of those moments, they did something else that completely shut that down. So I was like, all right, never mind. Yeah. You know, I it's, I forgot. That that's fine. Um, I can't believe I've never seen this movie. I'm glad that we're or that we did cover the movie. Uh, I won't even lie. This is something that will probably even get thrown in the rotation. I get, yeah. Like, it's it's that good. Um, again, I just feel bad that I didn't watch this sooner. Um, but yeah, what a fucking wild time. Like, for a zombie movie, and then the way they did it. Oh, no, this is real. The other movie's a movie. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's going on. It's, okay. And even the performances, and it is very slapstick and silly, but it it works. It all works. And like you said, even the times when we need to bring it down and be serious, mm-hmm. those work too. And then it's like, all right, let's get back to the silly. Yeah. And it doesn't feel it doesn't for me it didn't discombobulate me so the whole time i'm like oh this is fine yeah oh it's serious oh this is fine again oh shit what's going on okay serious oh fuck we're doing oh hell yeah like that was fine the balance in this movie perfect like great 100 percent. yeah i i totally agree they did a really good job of walking that line of kind of going too far and then bringing it back Mm kind of getting too silly and then bringing it back like it was so well done. And I feel the same way. I cannot believe I've never seen this before. It's like a bummer, honestly, yeah. because <laughs> this would have blown my mind when I was younger. I mean, it blew my mind now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really, I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And the ending was such a gut punch. Yeah. That I was not anticipating at all. No. The fact that, and my last note was, what a treat this was, <laughs> because I it caught me completely off guard. I didn't expect the silly to be so silly. I didn't expect the bleakness to be so bleak. Like, they covered a lot of ground in this one, yeah. but nothing felt forced or it didn't feel lacking in any area. It was just really well done. And I think you realize watching it that it's a really well-written script. Yeah. yeah. Because, we got callbacks. Yeah. Callbacks and um, the thing with the army, it's placed in such a way that you do forget about it. Yeah. Until, mm-hmm. but you're like, they set that up at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, it really does work. It is not perfect. Right. There are some issues. Yeah. <laughs> but I think everything, like JP said, is balanced so well. And the pacing of it, this was a breeze of a watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they did, but it literally, I mean, 90 minutes is not a long time, but this felt even less. Yeah. It flies. I um, really enjoyed a lot of the makeup work. Mm -hmm. The zombie design, I meant to say, um, William Stout, the production designer. Right. He worked with Dan O'Bannon to get the designs of all of these zombies. Mm -hmm. And they were basing them off of real mummified corpses. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. Which is a bold idea. And they, I think they said EC Comics as well. And you can see both. Okay. Because that fucking, that tar man is easy con. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I guess that can lead us into ratings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
on the positive side, I really like the performances. There are so many like moments that are pitch perfect as far as comedy is concerned. Right. I, the first time that they asked for more paramedics, <laughs> I was like, this shit is wild. <laughs> but then when they asked for more cops, I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> like just the way, like this is a running joke yeah. and it works both times. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, and I got to say, I definitely appreciate the way that this movie is done, because if you put this on paper, this does not seem like a movie that I would enjoy. Yeah. And somehow I did enjoy it. I just said the makeup work. I love the music in the film. Oh yeah. The cast is fantastic. Um, I just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to enjoy about this film. I see this is a film that's destined to become a cult film. Oh yes. yeah, where people love it for a variety of reasons, and it just grows and grows and grows. On the negative side, I don't understand what the fuck they were doing with Ernie. Yeah, yeah. I'm very confused by that. Yeah, I also, I mean, there are the the tone is good throughout. I will say that they are they are trying to do a lot. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> they're trying to entertain you, right? Trying to make you laugh. Trying to make you sad, trying to <laughs> upset you. Yeah. <laughs> and then the ending is, and I look, I, I know I'm talking about during the negative thing because I like the ending. Yeah. yeah. It's perf- It's bleak in the way that it should be. But this is very surprising that this movie has this ending. Yeah. Yes. Trash was just dancing naked. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, nuke that town. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. But I feel like it's more realistic. I mean, sadly, it yeah. is. And if you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and not I, even batting an eye, just yeah, being like, "Well, like, good job, yeah, you're yeah. taking care of it." Like, yeah, I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now my wife can start baking again. Yeah, yeah. we'll liberate her cabinets, like, like cabin in the woods. <laughs> but I mean, there's a lot to enjoy. It is not perfect, but I, I think that this is just a fun one to watch. Mm. There's. There is stuff to think about social commentary wise. Right. But a lot of it is to not think about it all. Oh, yeah. But for me, out of 10 radioed in reinforcements, because I enjoyed that, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give The Return of the Living Dead 7.5 radioed in reinforcements out of 10. I enjoyed this movie. It's not, again, it's not perfect, but it's a lot of fun. And I think people should watch it if they haven't. I'm surprised it took us this long. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for requesting it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we did it on the day the movie takes place. Yeah. Oh, hey. hey. Yeah. Aren't you glad we waited now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your patience. Oh, but I'll now open the floor to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, yeah, I agree. Like, the, the movie's good. It's great. It's all, I, I, I feel like it's good enough, or it's great enough to say it's great. Like, everything they do does feel very calculated mm-hmm. everything was done for a reason except for ernie <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously I mean, yeah that and and i will again for me that's a whole ass point you didn't need that and if you had that for uh the story or whatever and something different happened in the story and it didn't show through on the movie then you didn't need to put it in there yeah Mm-mm. you know what i mean we could have done without it um but yeah, fucking wild ride. This is a movie. If you haven't seen it, please go watch this shit. Understand <laughs> it is a turn your brain off and watch. Um, but what a fucking treat, man. Yeah. Like really like that. 
thinking about it, and I know you said you've seen it, what, uh, last year? Yeah, just the once. How long... Why did we not know about it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like we, and that's the good thing. And I know we've talked about it before, but when we watch stuff that none of us have seen mm-hmm. and it's like, holy shit, that was great. I feel like that's one of those good golden moments because mm-hmm. neither one of us even knew this was horror or comedy horror. No. Neither one of us knew that it was this good. And the three of us getting to experience it, that what a fucking great time. <laughs> Um, but I'm, I'm for me on a scale of one to 10 radioed in reinforcements, I'm going to give the return of the living dead an eight. I really, really fucking like this movie. If I won't even lie, if, if Ernie was different, if there was a different, whatever, Uh or even if it didn't shine through, like it does a little bit in the movie, I probably would have gave it a nine. But I, I, I can't allow that shit. That mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, with the pros and the cons, I do want to shout out one more time. Um, I love kind of in these movies when the seams show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we got that a couple of really, really, really <laughs> great times in this, and uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that because again what a treat <laughs> um but no this is really great barring for me the one big sin is that yeah and kind of when i find found out about it i was like fuck like i yeah. kind of wish i didn't know that and that it wasn't confirmed that he's like no yeah that's what i meant yeah. <laughs> oh okay and then we told everyone yeah but, yeah sorry oh, fuck. <laughs> well, <laughs> i wish i didn't know come here <laughs> listen to me <laughs> he said "Ooh, fuck. But, <laughs> but we have to that's our job yeah yeah, yeah. So for me, that is the one big, big con. I think that any moment, again, that you you might be losing me a little bit, they bring me right back. Like you said, for every negative, there was something where I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's fine, because then you did this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love how everything looked. I loved the music. I loved how these characters kind of started for me when we're first introduced, seemed like caricatures. But then they get a little well, a few of them get a little more nuanced as the film goes on. The performances were really great. Like mm-hmm. it felt like everybody gave this everything that they had. Yeah. This was just a win for me. Like this was just really, really great. And not that I wasn't expecting to like it, but I was not expecting to have this much fun. No. Yeah. That was a surprise. So on a scale from one to ten radioed in reinforcements. You got it. I also gave Return of the Living Dead 8 out of 10 radioed in reinforcement. <laughs> it's right. a fucking blast. Yeah. It's so much fun. And if you're like us and for some reason you haven't fucking seen this, go watch it. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I legitimately don't know how it took us this long. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird, but now we've seen it, we can enjoy it and spread the joy that it gave us with everybody else. Yeah. Much like the acid rain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate The Return of the Living Dead and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Podmortem. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at TravisMWH, at Blood and Smoke, and at RealStreeter84. Thanks again to Original Cinematic for sponsoring this week's episode. 
please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Gitter patrons. And remember, in a time of crisis, it's best not to lose your head, but even better not to lose your brain. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned. We want to give a very special thank you to all of our Wendigo Gitter patrons. Woo! Yeah! yeah. Very good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> special thank you to... Chris Ontiveros, Kristen Lofton, Megan Martinez, Kimberly Bass, Sophie Hodson, Anthony Jerome M., Jordan Nash, Kent Morton, Lala Thomas, Travis and Nisa Hunter, Miguel Myers ATX, Jennifer Perez, Allison O'Neill, Carissa, TJ and Angie Bronson, Spooky Mom, Andy Teague, Applin Ontiveros, Karima Rhodes, Antonio Huerta, Kimberly Kleindienst, Will Brown, Sydney Smith, Osvaldo Soto, Bobby Holmes, Donna Eason, J.D. Rizak, Molly Gerhardt, Armand Spasto, Aaron Aguirre, Eggie, William Barry, Brittany Ramatar, Charity Oxner, Amanda Six, Mandy Rainwater, Eden, Jordan Roberts, Dylan, Melissa Sierra, Holly Bryan, Jordan Blevins, Liz Heath, Spencer Montalvo, Pancake the Panda, John Ramos, Michael Newding, Alexis Roberts, Dan Laveau, Itzy M, Gary Horton, Leisha Olivier, Kate Lamp, Carlos and Sydney, Jessica Hunter, Helena Rudder, Alan Johnston, Mariah, Levy Fun, Mandy M, Scott Troutman Wise, Towton Watson, Mozzie Bear, Brittany G, Dave Burke, Adrian Stakes, Nick Spill, Emma Hagel Kissinger, Valerie G, Emiliana, Brian Glass, CB, Maya Noches, Taylor Santana, Will Lewison, Angelique, Smelly Poo Poo Head, Beth Bauer, Ben Coons, Cookie, Esperanza J, Jason Kyle OKC, Joshua Rumley, Daniel Peralta, Hannah R, Brandon, Nicholas Carter, Sawyer Reese Farr, Dr. Diva Loves Horror, Girl That's Scary, Cassandra, Andrea Simmons, Ashley Higuera, William and Zena Rush, Ryan Brom, Megan Ochoa, Laura Lassiter, Natalie de Guzman, Eileen O, Marissa E, Sydney, Henry F, Megan M, Christy Beck, Nancy and Andy, Amanda Lopez, Andy Terrell, Jason Hanavan, ML Tafoya, Abigail Spitzer, Katie K, Erica Morin, Cameron S, Nicole Stewart, Tris Wynn, K.87, Mariah Jensen, Carrie A, Lonnie Lono, Powell, Kayla E, Maggie H, Fernando Dominguez, Murder Stina, No Thanks Tom Hanks, Kevin McGonigal, Kristen Marcy, Ori81 Bariqua, Look Like That One Girl, Bog Boy, Montez Sham Wow, Felnez 63, Alita Pui, Probably My Jugs, Kate Thackeray, Josh Blackwell, Wade Peck, Charlie V, A Lizard, and Bryant Watson. Thank you all. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. We appreciate all of your support and we want to thank you all for zombieing with us. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Well, thank you. I tried. (laughs) Until next time.